0: No. Sideburns? No. Go to, maybe, Beard. Beard!
1: Do you feel alone? Do you feel neglected? Not doing too well with the ladies? Well, I've got the solution for you. Low self-esteem, I'm
2: it's beard talk live uh hey peakless will you look at what episode today is because i don't remember 57 oh like heinz hit hey, the 57 57 chevy nice i like a 57 chevy it's um dope. wow so beard talk live you're familiar with the preamble i am i think I, we should do it right away let's right. let's do it fuck, fuck the, the fcc, FCC. Middle finger in your general fucking Fuck direction. You forever, fucking bastards won't let me talk the way I want to fucking talk.
3: Yeah, for two and a half hours one night a week.
2: Well, so I got three. But right. on the subject,
4: I kind got into a conversation about the whole like uh, nudity thing, and you know the guy's position was like, well, you know, I New did, titties. Did, I, what nude nude titties. And it's like, well, I didn't consent to that. And it's like, well, now, hold on. Wait a second. Are oh, you talking about the pork fest? Nudity yeah. Thing? Yeah. Well, okay, and, right. and sort of the general thing of like, OK, well, nudity when you find
2: it where you don't expect it. I was I don't even know. Some I was somewhere uh, at the nudie bar. I don't even remember where a public area might have been a restaurant or something. And, and I look over and I see this lady just unleash a titty. Right, she just pulls her shirt down, unleashes the titty, and she then better have a baby, there. and then was handed the baby. Okay, like like she had pulled mm-hmm. the titty out preemptively, Jeez. expecting the baby, but it was long enough for like everybody to get a good gander. Mm. Right, there and was like, a delay uh,
3: on the baby uh, baby delivery. Yeah,
2: you know, so she's just sitting there with her titty hanging out, you know, waiting for said baby. Finally, How long baby is it okay to on. wait?
3: Like if the baby was still outside in the car and she was just like I've seen this before. Most of the
2: time, these ladies are wearing like you know some sort of a a bulky shirt, or they make special shirts. One hour. One hour. After
3: an hour, there better be a fucking baby there, (laughs) or we call the police. Call the
4: okay. One hour. One hour. Uh, There better be a baby
3: there, or we will use force. Hey, lady, your tits been out for forty-five minutes i've got 15 more minutes you can't do anything about it at, i mean at least switch off
2: right let us see the other one too if you're gonna let one hang out for that long what if she just know? put like
3: a mirror on it so then it looked like you saw both and they were perfectly symmetrical all of a sudden <laughs> hey
2: there you go that would be an unusual set of boobs if you uh, much like eyes Perfectly symmetri- okay much like eyes there is no such thing as symmetrical boobs yeah
4: yeah, nothing unless to... they're fake,
2: right? Then mm. th- even then like some of these plastic surgeons don't get them right. Is that even what they're called? Plastic surgeons or are they called like breast enhancement surgeons now? No, no they're they, they're plastic do surgeons. Do they use the term plastic still? They don't uh-huh. use like beautification surgeon or some bullshit like that. I mean, they
4: don't not use the term plastic surgeon. I wouldn't be surprised if there's all manner of marketing that goes into <laughs> it at this point though.
3: Just call him this fucking guy. This, fucking, this guy. fucking guy. This fucking guy. This fucking guy.
4: Call them free
3: market surgery.
4: All right. Um since it's really the only surgery that you can get in the free market. And even then, surgery? not exactly a free market.
2: Yeah. Uh let's take care of some business. Uh we spoke earlier today. Uh for the moment, uh there's some logistics things going on. Uh, I need to dedicate some time to BeardTalkLive.com because I have the URL, but I've done nothing with it. Um, there's some things, some changes I want to make to the show, so we're going to put Beard Talk Live on pause after tonight. Boo! We're not, we're not Boo. ending it. We're just hitting pause. I don't know how long, right? This will be, like, i got to figure some other stuff out, plus Free Talk Live, the show that you everybody who's listening to us now probably listened to before probably. this show. Probably. Um, has, of course, with Ian being uh, now a prisoner of war. I'm sorry, a prisoner of the state. A political Political prisoner. A political prisoner, a hostage, if you will. He's been kidnapped by uh, costumed men with guns. And, uh, like, I've had to dedicate an incredible amount of time uh, to being here, making sure that the show itself uh, continues to go on. There's been some technical stuff that's gone on that, uh, you know, I've had to uh, help troubleshoot and that kind of a thing. So there's a whole bunch of stuff and so this is all contributing to that Uh, i do want to bring back beard talk live uh at some point in the future you know newer and better and with like you know a website and you know our own you know maybe patreon or ways to donate that kind of a thing
3: i finally get back on beard talk live and then bam it just pulls the rug out from under
2: me i know heck of a deal yeah if only you hadn't eaten that other scorpion sucker (laughs)
3: <laughs> is that what it is This is the last scorpion and, to be and eaten And then you on sit here eating another one Because I'm not a pussy <laughs> Right everyone's like why would you do such a thing Because I'm not a pussy I don't know why no one else well, grabbed the scorpion well, so here's my Decided thing. to
4: eat it but I I, I just don't that. eat suckers like, okay. uh, I don't really enjoy them That's a whole lot of sugar for me too Like It's a, it's yeah. a lot of sugar it's not right. uh, not make, Really worth the calories like, to me You
3: two were the only people offered this thing that's, it went around the studio for over a week. That's true. That's true. So I, I'm I'm calling out every other host. Okay. What is your excuse? Right? Oh yeah, pickles is the new captain's the sugar, and pickles is the side. I don't like suckers, and everyone's got one.
4: Tell you what, yeah. give me a plate full of deep fried scorpions. We'll, we're talking.
3: All right. What's what's it, uh, who brought these in? David Hathaway or whatever. Yes. It, uh, yes. All right. Uh, so, Sheriff David Hathaway. Sheriff David. So there you go. Next time you send up scorpions, just deep fry them. Or send them prepared, ready to deep fry for peakless. <laughs> there you go. And we will deep fry from some scorpions for the peakless mountaineer. I right.
2: demand ketogenic scorpion eating. So I've I've cited this before in just our regular what would you discussions.
3: Make huh? What would you make the batter out of? Batter? If, well, if you're going to deep fry, you're just going to throw it right in yeah. the deep fryer. All right. All right.
2: Yeah, yeah it's like deep- popcorn. is f- no, how it works? Are you guys done yet? Popcorn? Can is I go popcorn on Popcorn's not uh, deep fried. Don't, don't make
4: well, me Well, no, but trash. I think that if you getting... deep fry the scorpion, maybe it'll just.
2: Oh, okay. Jesus right? Jesus fucking Christ. It's not, right. <laughs> it's not. It's not talk over Captain live man. I just, I well, it is more, now. You know, if you're making. If you're We're making def- getting our
3: vengeance. Or is it? Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Sorry. I got carried away. If you're deep frying, you know, if you're making like fried chicken or whatever in whatever kind of fryer, right? You, you batter that thing. You don't just throw a raw chicken in there.
2: No, no, no.
4: You freeze it first you do yeah
3: that actually helps that's like that's part of the process depending on what kind of chicken you make i
4: mean you wouldn't want a, an unexploded deep fried chicken
3: i don't know what i don't know what point you're driving at
4: no that's that's how like all of the stories about yeah we deep fried the turkey and it exploded it's like oh. yeah that's because you put it in frozen
3: oh no so there's there's like at least it it's asian fusion or whatever uh chicken katsu have you heard of it yes it's delicious yes Um, uh, Part of the process. What is, that means though
2: is chicken with ketchup.
3: Okay. Whatever. Hmm. You can I've never eaten it with ketchup, maybe as a child. No,
2: no, the sauce that comes on okay. that
3: chicken is basically ketchup. No, it's not.
2: Yeah. It's a, it might have it's a ke- red tomato sauce.
3: It might taste. be based it's chicken in that. ketchup. Taste, some places use actual ketchup yeah, on the chicken katsu. Either way. But the you know, you bread it and then you freeze it, and then you drop it into the deep fryer frozen. And that balances out, like, the time it takes to cook oh, through the chicken versus how crispy right. the, the breaded outs If you just throw it in after you batter it, yeah. then, you know, it doesn't work. It's like the batter falls off and it makes a mess. So you have you have to freeze it in order, it in order to, to cook be, it properly. Right.
2: Which is why whenever I worked at a fast, an unnamed fast food place, uh, you would take the frozen chicken filets that were pre-breaded uh, and just chuck them in the deep fryer. Frozen. Yeah, yeah. right.
3: Interesting. So so it, the, as long as it takes to cook through the middle of the chicken, you get the crispier outside, All right. which is, I was a little bit confused with Peekless's, like, you gotta freeze it thing. I wasn't sure if he was making fun or... I was. Okay. I was. All, All right. right. So I have... Read talk... a cookbook. I've, <laughs> I've talked about this repeatedly. You can't make
2: me. <laughs> I've talked about this repeatedly on Free Talk Live as well as Beard Talk Live, and I've never cited the actual article where I first learned this stuff from. Uh, you guys already know that I have an affinity for the Irish people because uh, their land had somewhere between 1,000 and 9,000 years of anarchy, right? Now, a certain kind of uh, non-statism is okay. what I'm going to call this. They were organized. They had people. They had you know all these things, and, and, and we'll get to that. Uh, but this is from markstovall.wordpress.com. A thousand years of Irish anarchy. There's two articles. So one is... 1,000 years, the other one is 9,000 years. So this is the first of the two articles. Uh, People often cry out that there are not any historic examples of anarchy working in the real world, as if the brutal rule of government is really working out for the people. One example that lasted much longer than the USA has lasted so far is Ireland. At Anarchopedia, you can read the following. The Celtic-Irish Society of the Middle Ages and the Early Modern Period Courts and the law were largely anarchist and operated in a purely stateless manner. The society persisted in this manner for roughly a thousand years until it was conquered by England in the 17th century. In contrast to many similarly functioning tribal societies, pre-conquest Ireland was not in any sense primitive. It was a highly complex society that was for centuries the most advanced
3: Most scholarly and most civilized in all of Western Europe. So, when they were conquered, was this before or after England was printing dollars or pounds? That I don't know, and that's a good question. 17th 17th century. Century. Mm -hmm. Access to the printing press or no access to the printing press?
4: Historian? 17th century? Mm, let me think. Was anything being
2: printed in the 17th century? I'm sure
4: there were yeah. the books, right? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, God, what was Gutenberg, like
2: 1500s? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, printing press. Okay.
4: Yeah. But well, and money the, printing
2: press? I well, don't know. Central banking?
4: Well, and, you know, with their way of doing things, you could always, you know, hand write out the uh, paper money. I mean, the whole thing comes down to the question of, can you get more value out of it than you put into it? Mm. So like uh, printing a dollar, I mean, it's it it costs a bit. You know, you got to get your ink, cotton, you got to get the yeah. ink, you, all that. So, I mean,
3: ironically, when you buy those things, you buy it with the dollars you just printed. Right.
4: But the the value that you're getting out of it is so much higher than the value that the government's putting into it that they're able to just expand that value and put that value wherever
2: they want, mostly into death and destruction. We can continue talking about the financial aspect, but I want to get through some of this article. A leading authority on ancient Irish law wrote, there was no legislature, no bailiffs, no police, no public enforcement. There was no trace of state-administered justice. All freemen who owned land, all professionals and all craftsmen, were entitled to become members of a Tuath, T-U-A-H, for those of you with spelling challenges. Each Tuath's members formed an annual assembly which decided all common policies, declared war or peace on other Tuatha, and elected or deposed their, quote, kings, unquote. In contrast to primitive tribes, no one was stuck or bound to a given Tuath, either because of kinship or of geographical location. you were free to move between these two-offs as you saw fit. Individual members were free to, and often did, secede from a two-off and join a competing two-off. Professor Pedden states, The two-off is thus a body of persons voluntarily united for socially beneficial purposes, and the sum total of the landed properties of its members constituted its territorial dimension. The quote-king-unquote had no actual political power. He could not decree or administer justice or declare war. Basically, he was a priest and a militia leader and presided over the Tuath Assemblies. Militia in this case meaning security services for the Tuath. Celtic Ireland survived many invasions but was finally vanquished by Oliver Cromwell's reconquest in 1649 or 1650. Uh, the most remarkable historical example of a society of libertarian law and courts first came to my attention while reading Murray Rothbard's *For a New Liberty*. This was a society where not only the courts and the law were largely libertarian, but they were basically anarcho-capitalist in the modern sense of the phrase. This Celtic society was not some primitive society or tribe, but rather it was a highly complex society. Ireland for centuries was the most advanced, most scholarly, and most civilized society in all of Western Europe and all without a government. Rather than forcing people at gunpoint to serve on state-controlled juries, as in our modern empire, Rothbard explains how it worked in Ireland for a millennium. The professional jurists were consulted by parties to disputes for advice as to what the law was in particular cases. And these same men often acted as arbitrators between suitors. They remained at all times private persons, not public officials. Their functioning depended upon their knowledge of the law and the integrity of their judicial reputations. And he uses the term law to mean the two-off policies. So if you joined a two-off, you agreed to these sets of policies. And if you didn't like it, you didn't join or you found a new one to join. Ancient Celtic Ireland had no state. There was no legislature, no bailiffs, no police, no public enforcement of justice, no trace of state-administered justice. Meditate on that fact for a moment. 1,000 years of no state, and Ireland was the most culturally advanced society in Western Europe. My goodness, if that's not proof enough that the market for anarchy works.
3: So that is uh, Article 1. The d- the difficulty there... Um- is that they were then conquered by a state right well sure so anyone the argument from the status position but it took them a thousand years i get it, I get it. it and took, multiple attempts understood but they were they were then the 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 conclusion that you could draw is that an anarchist society right is unable to mount a collective defense against an overwhelming state I, force i don't
2: know you could draw that conclusion from one example well if it's mean, the only
3: example and they were
4: conquered well were they i it, mean was ireland ever truly conquered by the british i mean seems who to do they me pay that their taxes to? seems to me that it's been a territorial dispute mm, for fucking ever okay. and still kind of is like they're still uh arguing about northern ireland that's a
3: whole separate thing that's a fact
4: i mean they've stopped blowing each other up over it so progress but i mean they've been resisting that mm, continuously
3: i'm pretty sure in the article you said they were conquered by britain that's that's what it says okay uh in 1649 50 whatever that was Uh, and
4: so so here's the the real crux of the issue though is the the question of can force and conquest truly outcompete innovation and uh i mean peace basically like can commerce and innovation uh do more to defend people than just the application of the existing technologies uh, to conquest
3: if we're going to go with historical examples uh the short answer is no because it hasn't right like the st- Everywhere you go, there's a
2: state. The entire earth mm. has been claimed by one government or another. Yes. And if and if the market were sufficient to repel this threat, well so uh, my
4: my well, outlook on I, that one is if you if you look at uh if I you think look at America, not a amount of demand. Like the attempt was That's made possible. an attempt was made at minarchism. Like yes. the idea was maybe if we just do this and this and this and this and this and this and this, we can keep people not shitty enough that we won't turn into this right now that turned out to be wrong yes right but at the time it was a it, it was a way way smaller amount of of tyranny and oppression right. than was available elsewhere Back to your... and because of that it was able to not only overthrow england in america
2: but to supersede it well ultimately as the empire of the world back to your market thing your comment um There is a market, obviously, for anarchy, right? We are the market, right? Uh, Libertarians in general are the market for these things. I think that the market hasn't grown enough for someone to come and meet the demand. Okay. Uh, and, And so that's why the market forces have not, you know, sort of, you know, thrown off the chains of statism. That is changing, however, because, well, we now have cryptocurrency, which, in my opinion, is the first anarchic
3: infrastructure I yeah. still think you give it too much credit. Well,
4: what I think that we're going to see in the decades to come is that the black market, or gray market, depending on how you how you look at it. The, the free market. Yeah, yeah, the free market. The not taxed and regulated market, right. which has until now in human history always been smaller than the taxed and regulated market. <laughs> and most especially with, you know, globalism and the uh, American protection of the seaways and all of that. I think you're in the next decades going to see that completely flip flop, where the black market, the free market, becomes much larger and more powerful than the taxed and regulated market because of the tools that it has access to and the inherent advantage of those tools
2: over the tools that the regulated market is using. All right, let's uh, take this moment to do this. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? I'm coming. Yeah. Hurry up. You're not even breathing hard yet. I didn't know you were excited.
5: Well, Is he
3: excited Please finish before you pick up the phone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if I hear any like weird sounds or something, Easy man. Easy boy. Uh, he's, uh,
5: <laughs> you guys are out of hand sometimes. I tell you sometimes.
3: Right. You're well, the one you've in, got hand, yourself in when hand when you're supposed to be on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't call a place,
2: wait on hold, and then put the phone down and go jerk off somewhere. It's rude. I didn't
5: put the phone down. It's sitting. You heard me, didn't you? I was coming, and I told you I was coming. And just because I wasn't breathing hard. I'm
3: very that kind of you to give us a warning. Yeah, let's you close your eyes. Yeah,
2: I don't need the play-by-play on this shit. Why the fuck did you call, Major?
5: Why the fuck did I call? Well, first off, I wanted to thank Gigi for her very complimentary call. That oh, that's nice.
2: nice. I, I don't, don't know think if she, she listens, listens to, us. to to this show, but she listens to the other one. <laughs> I mean, why didn't yeah, you thank her, her on the other it. show, yeah. right? Be we had you on for a well, while. I, yeah, this is the show where you can cuss. We had you on there for a while. I should have thanked her then.
5: I know. I should have should have could have. would have mm. been a lot of Well, life. you
2: put it out into the ether and she'll probably never hear it, so there you go.
5: So anyway, um on the uh on the whole Israeli war thing,
2: oh, they've
5: called up another 100,000 reserves. They who So if I'm doing my math right here, they already had a 100,000-man army.
2: Thank you, Kanye. And they
5: called up everybody that was 30, 40.
2: Who's calling these people up? Calling up. whom? Who's calling whom? It's, is it the U.S. calling U.S. troops?
5: No, the Israeli army is calling up all their reserves. They've already called the up
2: are we not allowed to
3: call them
4: Jews anymore? I, I is uh, you're well, actually not. Okay. No, I Wait, mean it I think it's weird, but are they, they call not, themselves Jews. The, are they, no, you no they don't. They call themselves the Jewish people. Oh. Oh you're allowed are to they, say Jewish people. no okay. You're not can, allowed to say Jews. Can you right. be
2: Israeli and not be a Jew?
4: Yes. Oh. In so, fact, there are a lot of people regretting that
2: fact right now. So then so then hang on. So then The if, Americans trying to escape. If you're an Israeli and you are in their military reserves and they're calling you up, and you are not a Jew, then it's not all Jews that are being called up, right? There's, it's That's not true. Like, here comes a bunch of Jews. It's like here comes a bunch of Jews. And I mean, some to other be people. fair, right? it is
4: overwhelmingly Jewish. Okay, yeah, sure, fine. Right, but there are exceptions. All right, go there ahead, major are
5: exceptions. Well, this, th- you guys are just bickering semantics here. Yes. All I'm saying is they probably called up the people from fifty to sixty
3: years old.
2: That's probably a better name for this show is bickering semantics.
3: On the relaunch, well, it, we know what we're calling it. That would be a Anyway, go ahead. Uh,
5: but, but um, well, like I said on my earlier call that Gigi you know, commented on, I think it's going to get worse for us, It gets better because they've, uh, they, they've pulled all the dogs out of the houses.
3: They've pulled the dogs? What does that even mean? Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, man.
5: Attack dogs. Oh. Yeah, military
3: yeah again there's rules of war and israel said like we're not going to abide the rules of war all hell is coming and people are on their yeah, side well,
5: on this and if you take you know what happened on last saturday Hamas certainly didn't abide by the rules of war either so you know it's, it's tit for tat at this point and Lord knows how bad this thing is going to go splat when the pimple right. finally pops.
3: It's, it's tit for tat, but Hamas is the tat, right? They've been titted for so long, and no one has said shit about the tit that when the tat comes about, everyone's all got their panties in a bunch about terrorist activities.
5: Well, I'm going to go back to a call from about a week ago I gave you guys. There never was a Palestine there was a Palestinian territory It was drawn on a map by the Romans in, like, I don't know, 900 or something.
4: And this is why we got and to abandon this whole framework.
5: The boundary. But that was a conglomeration of many, many tribes, the Hittites. You sure. Know.
3: But it precedes any drawing on the map of anything called Israel.
5: Well, no, Israel had been there before, but they'd been run out time and time again by Babylon and Persia and, you know, as as we've talked about before, the whole world's been taken over three or four damn times. Right. Who's the original owner?
3: Right. But if we can go back to a map that says Palestine in modern history, and we can't go back further than that to find a map that says Israel, right, then the extent of our knowledge— is the pre-existing map that says Palestine.
4: Well, I think if if people really want to know the history of this region, they should look up the YouTube video uh, that is a music video, This Land Is Mine, as sung by uh, Sinatra, which just has one group of people after another, this land is mine, God gave this land to me, stabs the other person. Conquest. And that's what it was. it was, just. it's just one set of people saying, God gave me this and another set of people said god gave me this and i will prove it with this sword
3: right so again this is um, part, part
4: and that's and that is the natural thing that happens when you decide that conquest is an acceptable way of determining who owns shit you just keep killing well, each other again
3: but that's human history no, That's like all of human we history. We just went over Ireland. Who was who was repelling a conquest. Yeah, after a thousand years. Well, no, who failed after a thousand years, but as Captain noted, there was multiple right, attempts after, throughout.
4: Right, after a thousand years of having this nice, peaceful situation where it was not determined by conquest. It was
3: determined it, by conquest. Yeah, it goes okay.
4: back and forth. Yes. But here's the oh, thing,
5: it was most you... certainly ter- determined by conquest. Say what? I, I forget what I forget what year it was, but there was like 10% of Ireland was actually in Irish hands. <coughs> it was all in English hands, the lands and such. Mm.
3: That was oh, probably hey, after uh, the 1000 uh, years of peace. Hey captain.
5: Yes.
4: Uh do you remember what year it was that uh, England conquered it? 1600 something or other oh yeah 1649 yeah so uh the great debasement because that's the thing like uh, the move to uh like fucking up your currency it, it never happens all at once except in america's case uh what happens is that you slowly fuck up the money but also still force people to trade as if you hadn't fucked up the money and that happened in uh 1544 to 1551 in england was the great debasement so approximate what what was it, 15? Uh, f- uh, 15 15 uh, 44 to 51. So a hundred years or so hmm. before yeah, they conquered so yeah 100 uh, years or so before they had done the great debasement, which means they were doing this cantillion effect where they were putting very little into it and getting a whole lot out of it. the great debasement, not to be confused with where skeeter lives. Yeah Now the thing is, it's faith, the great faith that lets people do this and it's faith that lets the empire's print money that people actually act like it's worth something people have faith in it so they act like it's worth something and that lets them make all of these bombs and all of these armies and it puts us on the edge of nuclear war where we are right now
2: and and truly like uh more so or at least as much so as the 1980s were like the threat of nuclear war Right, the the most threat yeah. that we've had since then, right? Yeah. Since, uh, you know, the movie Red Dawn, right, 1984, whatever year that was. The right? Russian invasion? You know, yeah. Uh, so, and then they when they remade Red Dawn, they had to make it not the Russians, because
4: <laughs> well, the Russians that, weren't a threat anymore. Well, well now
3: they're going to do it again with the Russians.
4: Well, see, in the remake that we're living through right now, instead of having the Russians that are communists, yeah. we have the Russians that are not communists teaming up with the communists that are not Russians, right. being the Chinese. So Russians and communists come together to, I don't know, end the fucking world, apparently. Yeah, so to overthrow capitalism. Yeah.
2: Capitalism. That's what it is. All right. Uh, Major, hang on. Uh, let's go over here. Beard Talk Live. Who the fuck is this?
0: Hey, this is Matthew. I'm calling again. Uh, just to let you know, uh, I'm, it's confusing because the audio I get um, is Vincent's show and not what you guys are doing on Beard Talk Live. Oh, when you're first time once, caller. It's very <laughs> when,
2: when you're on hold. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the
0: in my live. You're a known bug. Yeah. So now.
2: yeah, it's 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 a feature, not a bug. No, no it's, it's a bug. <laughs> it's definitely a bug. Yeah. Yep, yep. One we we hear it from every about... everybody who calls Beard Talk Live from the first time says that. So welcome.
0: Yeah, no, it, it it so embarrassingly enough, it took me five minutes to realize what was happening.
3: Uh, so, <laughs> and you could have kept um, it to had, yourself like, and
0: audio, saved the admission. To do the thing where, yeah, we, like, we don't need to where, talk
2: about uh, it anymore. What what were you really calling for?
0: Yeah, so I was calling to, to talk more about the 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 conflict in Gaza because oh, I, I'm goodness. a little missed because I, I really I I find it hard to care because it's that's, kind of more that's of right thing. man i, I, then I, I you just should, god
2: bless you sir i just don't fucking god chair. bless you uh, it's it's way too many people are talking about it who have never fucking talked about it before That's if the only the problem. if that's only everyone
4: problem. could just be more like you in this way and the people who are talking about it have
2: yeah. no idea
3: how it starts
0: well and, and so the the awkward part is the, that So I I work in the military, and so I get these dumb messages where they're like, be vigilant. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? And they're like, just be more vigilant. I was like, no, like, what concrete action do you want me to take? And they're like, be vigilant. Just be ready to die.
2: Be ready to die. I mean, yeah, if they were telling the truth, they'd sign it, be ready to die. Be vigilant, by which
4: I mean we might send you to your death any time now.
0: Look, well, and so the the thing that the, the thing that really gets me is that like all the news reports talk about uh, how Friday was the day of anger, and I was like, um, look, man, I'm not an Arabic scholar, but that's not what they said. it was a day of jihad. Um, and jihad, uh, while you can you can translate jihad as anger, um, that's not what it means. And if you said day of jihad, people would have a different reaction than a day of anger. And so mm-hmm. there's this element of of people that are that are whitewashing or uh, guess whitewashing probably isn't the right word Did I, banks I close
2: if... for this day of jihad? Did churches close? Were there, No, they got bombed.
0: No, no, but I mean elsewhere, was, uh, elsewhere. Oh, okay.
2: Right? Yeah.
0: No, it it, it was uh, it was called for by Hamas and affiliated organizations. They called for a day of jihad mm. and then when translating that Arabic, so they they didn't call for a day of jihad in English. They they did it in Arabic. And, and so they called for a day of jihad. And then when translating it, people said jihad meant anger, which is technically a correct Translation. Yeah, that's one way um, to call it, yeah. it, it, it. Well, I think I think was I mean, a, it's a Well, also
4: well, I think I think the reason that they translated it instead of just telling you it's the day of jihad is that we're all kind of jaded to that term. It doesn't scare us anymore. It doesn't get us mobilized for world war.
2: Also, because I'm you know a U.S. citizen, I guess right because I have to be. They claim you. Uh, and because I know nothing, they would identify me as such. Uh, I am now pronouncing Hamas. <laughs> Hamas. Right? nice. So, Hamass, so I, what did Hamas do I today? Pol-
0: I would politely disagree about the, uh, the th- saying thing saying people are jaded because I don't think it's that they're jaded. I know that if if you had a news story with a headline that said Hamas is calling for a day of jihad, there is a very different reaction in the American populace. Is that if Hamas calls for a day of anger? And so they mm. made they made a conscious decision to translate jihad, which you can translate jihad as anger
6: mm-hmm.
0: um, and, and make it a technically correct statement. Because, I mean, if if you think about like if you put Wait, a headline. So, so do you think the press
4: thing, is sorry, do, do you think the press is downplaying it?
0: Uh, absolutely. I, I huh. think that the press is 100 percent on the side. So I think the mainstream press mm-hmm. is very much on the side of fomenting the current conflict um and so they know they want to gin up
2: some anger got to gin up that anger in order to go to war
0: right and and so the 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 problem is that in in this conflict in the middle east there are no good guys and and so the the press is used to having a good guy um that they can look to and like this is the hero this is the villain well in the mainstream Um, press the hero
3: is the israelis
0: right yeah yeah without a doubt the problem is that when it And if they need a
2: singular villain, they'll manufacture one. Right.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to the Middle East, for the past, I think it's 3,000 years, um, it's just been a bunch of really shitty people doing shitty things to a bunch of other shitty people. Well, let's Um,
2: let's not make a mistake. Like, uh, it's a bunch of shitty statist people. Like, the, the citizens over there, largely are, uh, citizens, whatever you want to call them, the individuals over there largely, are just trying to go to work, have a career, raise their families, etc., and so on. It's the fucking statists that have been really shitty to each other. Whatever gang is in control over the course of time, you're right, has been really shitty, but it's not the individuals, it's not the people of these geographic areas, it is the statists of these geographic areas.
0: Well, so yeah, I, I agree in concept, but I think that one of one of my personal heroes, um, uh, one of the uh, the Saracen warlords, Saladin, um, who, if you've ever seen the movie Kingdom of Heaven, mm-hmm. um, his big thing was that he didn't give a shit about Jerusalem as a holy place. He just knew it was a place that he needed to conquer.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, if you've ever seen the movie Kingdom of Heaven, they they kind of whitewash it, but um he he is a very practical person uh and the thing is that jerusalem in and of itself there's no tactical significance there's no moral significance other than holy places um it's just a place that you have to conquer and all the people that are fighting over it aren't actually fighting over jerusalem they're fighting over control of the nexus around it Mm. um and it just becomes this stand-in Um, you you actually find this
4: throughout history that the rulers have a completely different set of beliefs than the people that they're ruling. So yeah, sure. Saladin didn't give a shit about Jerusalem, but he knew that all the people that he wanted to murder people, they really did give a shit about Jerusalem. So he knew that he couldn't get away with, like, sure, it might have been tactically a good idea to go around Jerusalem because it's very, very fortified, but he knew he couldn't keep them motivated to keep fighting if he didn't at least try and take the place. You mean
3: politicians lied to people to get them on their side? Yes, just that. Oh, man.
4: Who knew? Yeah, and and that's always true. The people who are ruling over us have a completely different set of values and beliefs than A, us,
3: and B, the ones they profess. And Joe Biden will pretend to be anybody. As long as the crowd's for that person. Well, all these fucking politicians, man, everybody who's fucking running right now has
2: flip flopped or lied mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. They've committed some faux pas where, like, mm-hmm. they are definitely inconsistent with their campaign with what they supposedly want to do or are going to do or believe it. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it gets super exhausting when people ask me, like, which side are you on? I was like, I'm on no one's side. I don't give right. a shit. Like, I'm on the side of the in...
4: people. Right. Like, not the politicians, not the state, not the military. No, I'm on the side of the people who just want to go about their lives without getting blown up.
0: That's yeah, whose side so, I'm I mean, on. I, I take I take it to a radical extent. I mean, they had, uh, I think it was Nikki Haley who said, turn it all the glass. And they're like, how could you say that? And I was like, honestly, that'd probably be better. Like, I don't care about anything on any side this place has been a source of conflict for thousands of years
2: they'll fight um, over the glass it's it's not yeah it's not even the geographic area like you could bomb that thing into oblivion and the geographic area w- will not have any effect right on th- this holy war cuz that's what it yeah. is this is a, a re- as long as these religions uh, are at war with each other the plot of land matters not is there some
3: culpability for the people still there? Like hmm? I mean, I
0: don't think there is.
3: If you're if you're if you're Palestinian, mm-hmm. right? You've been in whatever the Palestinian region all your life constantly bombarded by bombs from Israel, right? Constant retaliation from Hamas.
2: You're twenty three years old, you grew up there, lived your entire life there.
3: Sure. Okay. But this is your experience for twenty three years, right? And you go like, Well, do I just do I can I get out of here? Right, and then I'm not. Then I'm not in the oh, well, geographic so, so, region of which there is a conflict. Like staying so, so in a conflict I, 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 zone, you kind of gotta like take some responsibility when your sister's arm gets blown off.
0: So, so if, if I can, if I can offer an item, is that that's the dirty little secret about the conflict is that um, Palestinians are universally reviled by other Arab nations, and so the the reason why there is a refugee crisis is that it, this stems from the war in 1947 when the other Arab nations tried to conquer what was the UN grant to Israel. And so it, Israel has pushed out its boundaries over the course of many decades. But the, the final cut is, that we mostly recognize from 1967, um, where the West Bank and Gaza strip are contained. Um, and so the refugee camps are because No other Arab country will accept Palestinian refugees. So the refugees are called refugees because they can't get work in Jordan, Syria, Egypt. Uh, All the countries around them won't take them, and they keep them as perpetual victims because it makes it convenient. If
3: if they're reviled by all the other Arab nations around them, uh, where are they getting the armament, munitions, funding— to put on this offensive?
0: Uh, they're getting it from Iran and Syria because they are a convenient foil against Israel because the only people that they hate more than the Palestinians are the Israelis. So, if But Iran at, and Syria won't whole, let in Palestinian uh, refugees. There's a whole sect of Arab literature and there were a refugee crises where people were trying to smuggle themselves across Iraq in the 60s and the 70s because okay. Kuwait... Was the only country that would hire Palestinians?
6: So, okay.
0: you, uh, so Palestinians would would stuff themselves into gas tankers, water tankers, trucks, and smuggle themselves across Jordan, Iraq, in uh, okay. Saudi Arabia to get to Kuwait. I, um, I and, have a question Kuwaitis for Kuwaitis were the only ones that would hire them.
2: I have a question for well any of you really. Um, I North. I read something recently that supposedly exposed uh, the US filtering something like $6 billion to Iran. Did you guys hear of this?
0: It it wasn't a filtering thing. It was, uh, so uh, there was uh, $6 billion of, uh, it was owned by Iranian corporations. Uh, They were held in US controlled banks through whatever the FinCEN network is. And Mm -hmm. so they froze the assets by whatever the the says like hey i can tell you you can't transfer money and so as part of the, there there's a prisoner exchange a couple months ago where like uh, we did a six for six swap uh, and we not we being free talk live we being the, the front, united the states US federal right? government yeah. um and, and so they did that and then the u.s just apparently thinks that it can renege on the deal just because they feel like it <gasps> which is in keeping no. with the u.s federal government yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, I think that's what you're talking about.
3: So no one will take in these Palestinian refugees, 23 years old, lived there the whole life, can't escape, right? Would like to well, escape, I... but can't. And then they're surprised I mean, when they, like, turn into soldiers?
0: To... You, you can see it in, in, in our current immigration policy. I mean, like, we've got Mexico, which is a, is a state um, that is literally uh, contiguous with the United States. And you have people that are like, I don't want these Mexicans here. And so like the the, the view of like Texans versus Mexicans or US versus Mexico is analogous to Jordan versus Palestine, Egypt versus sure, Palestine, I get Saudi it. Arabia versus Palestine. They they view them the same way. They don't want the other to come into their country. But if but the, the exception if the of, re- States, of
3: viewing it out of a religious context, right? But if the United States uh, were well, constantly bombing Mexico, right? and then not accepting the refugees, would we be surprised well, if they turned a whole bunch of Mexicans into soldiers right. to fight well, against so this I opposition?
0: Think, I think we've seen that, and I think that's why the, the Saudis and the Jordanians and the Egyptians don't want to let them into their country because they have a perpetually oppressed class that will fight their enemy, their enemy being Israel. Um, but it, it, it's basically like, it, uh, I think the uh, better analogy would be um, if, uh, if you split Baja with continental Mexico, um, and basically the United States was consistently bombing Baja, uh, and the Mex continental Mexico wasn't accepting refugees from Baja because they were a per- perpetual victim for the, the violence, um, perpetuated by the United States.
3: Okay. Same example. Would you be surprised okay. if Baja Mexicans turned into soldiers to defend themselves. They want to get out. They can't get out. They're constantly getting bombed. You got to fight back. You pin them against the wall. You back them into a corner. Don't be surprised when they lash out.
0: Yeah, it's not. So so the the rest of the Arab League uses the Palestinians as a foil against Israel in a sort of proxy war. So they're being victimized
3: twice, and yet everyone on the news calls them terrorists
0: yeah no they're all shitty people everyone everyone involved in the conflict all of them are shitty people and, and so it seems no, to me that all of no, this are is are a no marionette
4: show man like like yeah sure they're shitty people but i mean part of it is definitely they're, they're shitty people, people that got put into a shitty situation and when you put a person in a shitty situation don't be surprised if they turn shitty that's what
3: I'm saying. Yeah, so They're being just, victimized twice right. and, and we're calling and them I'm, shitty people. And
4: I'm not talking about just the Palestinians. I'm talking about the Palestinians and the Israelis at the same time. They both got put in a shitty situation. And regardless of whether they were shitty pr- people beforehand or not, they sure are now. But here's the thing. Oh. It's it's all a manipulation. Like, this is all well, so, just to, to get a bunch of Christians ready to blow a bunch of people up and to lose a bunch of their freedoms and to pay a whole mess of money. That's why well, all of so, this.
0: So, to your whole mess of money conversation, I don't know why Israel has the fourth highest per capita GDP in the world. In oh, the because they're like a standard
4: world. deviation higher in IQ. Uh, well,
0: I, I didn't say that. I'm just saying that, numbers wise, per capita, they have the fourth highest GDP, and yet they get tens of billions of dollars in aid. And we're talking about like somehow. The speakership of the U.S. House of Representatives is tied to aid to Israel. What the? F- why the fuck do they need aid? Yeah, He's I got plenty of money because
3: they can take it and they'll give it. And if you don't yeah. give it, you're anti-Semitic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's total I fucking guess that bullshit, makes me man. Well,
4: and here's the thing: like, if America stopped doing this, it would end the war. I mean, uh, maybe. And, and no, no, uh, fucking not. Maybe. Here's the thing: war is not profitable war only moves resources from one group to another group spilling half the resources in the process that's how war works peace Uh, on the other hand generates resources that's how peace works
0: i would counter that with the, the history of wars against israel even before there was u.s support the Israelis will do fine on their own. They don't need our help. Um, right. well, yeah. That's what I'm Well, that's what I'm suggesting. And if, they, if America conflict, stops funding Yoms, it, they'll, the they'll still fight. Exactly. Right.
4: Well, they'll they'll fight for a while, and eventually, it just won't be worth it. Yeah, they'll figure it out. No, I mean, out.
0: they've literally won every time it's happened.
4: Well, and that's the thing. If they if they were spending their own fucking money on this war, they'd eventually go. You know, I'd rather not spend so much money. Hmm but they can keep spending money because america's happy to give them more money as long as they keep using it to buy american bombs yeah i'm against uh, no, no, i'm but, against
2: foreign aid they, of almost every kind right unless it is like genuinely voluntary right if some crisis happens somewhere in the world and some You know, charitable person, charity organization or something is like, hey, guys, uh, we got a plan. We're going to help these people out of this crisis. If you want to donate, send money here. I'm fine with that. But when it comes to government sporting money to anywhere else, right, I think that it's a bad fucking idea.
3: I have a hobby. I play video games. Yes. I spend a lot of money on video games Mm -hmm. in order to support my video game habit slash hobby. I go to work and I do productive things in other sectors,
6: mm-hmm.
3: right? If Israel is that smart, has that high GDP, right? They're not f- wasting it all on a war, right? They're doing other productive economic things mm-hmm. and they could use the value that they produce in the productive economy to fund their war against, uh, against Palestine, right? It doesn't, they're not just going to run out. They'll just continue to be productive in other sectors to fund their war hobby. And no amount of Bitcoin is going to fix that.
4: Right. Well, so here's the thing. If your options are A, keep the war going and keep getting a bunch of U.S. dollars to fund the war. Yep. Or B, stop the war and stop getting American dollars, guess which one you're going to pick?
3: Or C, not get U.S. dollars, continue to fund the war through other means, productive economies, so that because the, the, religious persecution of the palestines uh, palestinians and the and the takeover of jerusalem as their holy land supersedes any other political motive
2: yeah i think the libertarian perspective uh, at least for me is to turn off the fucking gravy train and let them sort it out
3: but they will sort it out by continuously going to war until they conquer palestine and take over jerusalem permanently
4: i don't think that's how it works like so if you look at war throughout history Eventually, they end when they run out of money. When they run out of the resources to be at war with each other, they finally get around to peace talks. That's basically what has
3: always happened with war, ever. At any given time, yeah, so, Israeli, Israel can wipe Palestine off the map. They're that much so, better so, at this. They just haven't done it yet.
0: So I think the peopleist's point is that um, that we are funding both sides of the conflict. So there are, there are uh, because of the fungibility of of money is that through humanitarian funds we are funding both sides that's so, what i was yeah, trying to get out well, with, uh,
2: with the six billion dollars that uh, somehow made it to iran i was trying to get at the yeah. point that that the united states is funding both
4: yes that's precisely my uh, point is that the united states federal government is funding both sides of this war now they're making a big show of funding one side of the war and they're kind of secretly funding the other side of the war but you think they don't fucking know where that money is going I mean, come on, look at how they spy on us, and they're actually not supposed to do that. Whereas spying on these people, they're actually supposed to do. So believe me, they I, know exactly I, where that money is going, and they're really happy to do it, because otherwise there wouldn't be a war. How's I, Lockheed Martin supposed I, to sell I, shit?
0: I, I didn't realize. I I forgot my training from Gene. I should have said Gunermint was funding it. Um, but the uh, So the Gunermint... Uh, is funding both sides um, through various funding strategies, whether it's for military sales to Israel, whether it's through humanitarian aid to uh, Hamas, whether uh, Hezbollah is kind of like the wild card in the conflict. I think they've only fired about 400 rockets at this point. Oh, just 400. Um, yeah. Yeah, only four hundred. Apparently that, that makes it so it's not that big a deal. Well, uh, four hundred uh, rockets sounds like a big number to well, me. Well
4: and let's 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 run your, your scenario here. Like, okay, let let's say you're right and Israel has the ability to just wipe them off the map. Okay, let's say they do it. Yep. So Israel wipes Palestine off the map.
3: Peace in the Middle East.
4: Yeah, that's what's going to fucking happen. Because see, it's not like the rest of the Muslims on earth are going to have a, you know, a chip on their shoulder after that. They, no, they, they they're all going to fucking turn their guns on no, he Israel just said they at don't, the same time. He just said
3: they don't even like the Palestinians. I mean,
4: Right, well, and now well. they don't have to deal with them, but they have the honor mat- matter to deal with. They were still Muslims, and we're Muslims, and now we got to fucking kill well, you. Well, then they should And helped. now, once we take you over, we don't have to deal with those shitty Palestinians anymore, because they're gone. So uh, every fucking uh, nation surrounding Israel is going to turn on them simultaneously, and then every other nation on Earth is going to have to destroy all of the nations that did that, and fuck, man, are we going to
3: kill everyone on Earth? No, you just let Israel have the Palestinian land and have their holy land, Jerusalem, and done. Here's my question. Peace in the Middle East. Why the fuck
4: do we care about any of this? Haven't these assholes been killing each other as long as they have been in these camps? Yes. So why do we give a shit about this one? Because they're
3: taking your tax dollars to fund it.
4: They were taking my tax dollars to fund it 10 days ago or 20 days ago or however long ago this was. They were taking it a year ago.
0: Why are we...
3: Because now we have pictures of dead babies. At least the
0: president so, does. So I guess, I I guess the, the counter- so actually, I mean, all the all the gu- all the guns are already pointed against Israel, um, but the the counter argument to the counter argument um, is that um, it, it, this place has been fought over for for thousands of years, and the problem is that the people are that are making the decisions and that are funding the decisions, whether that's funding Hamas, funding Israel, funding Hezbollah. Are all coming from people that don't actually care about what's happening. They aren't actually paying the tolls for what's happening, and so you, you've got yourself in a situation um, where you've got uh, actors with outsized abilities deciding what's happening. It's like a, a fourth crusade. I think it's, it, I think this would be the fourth, maybe fifth crusade. Yeah. Um, in the holy land, and and the thing that is concerning is that like we've seen this play out time and again. And the only people that are tougher are the people that actually have to fucking live there.
2: So to uh, answer your question a little bit, peakless uh, I see, uh, you know, the, the media suddenly caring about all this shit, the, the, you know, uh, the, the blow up on the social media of this shit uh, you know, the, the obvious, uh, you know, war like things that are going on over there. Uh, My concern of course, is that um, because COVID failed to sort of enslave everybody mm-hmm. into, you know, the social credit system. And, you know, uh, you got a permanent ID kind of the a thing and, reset. and all that kind of thing that they had to change their tactic. Mm-hmm. Right. And so their tactic now is to let's start a war. Let's start a huge, uh, I don't know, what's the... No, uh, this you,
3: war's been ongoing. You, There's well, like no flagration. start. Wars.
2: Okay, let's fund both sides of this war. Okay. Let's make this the topic du jour mm-hmm. so that uh, they can come back with like, well, in order to protect everybody from the coming war, we're going to need you all to sign up for the digital ID social credit program or something mm. along those lines. That's my guess. My guess is that they are going never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. Uh, they failed with the covid to sort of globally enslave everybody into their CBDC social credit score you know, systems or whatever. So now they need another way to do it. War is a great way to do it because you'll get a bunch of people, you know, rabble rousers, if you will. A bunch of people all, you know, oh, oh, my gosh, are angered or whatever. Yes. If it means killing those motherfuckers, I'll do it. I'll sign up for it
3: because Russia, Ukraine wasn't enough. Clearly, clearly. Really? Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah, really. The the Russia-Ukraine thing was not a religious war. Okay. Well, and
4: so here's the thing. They really have to get something uh, like 90 plus percent. Are there like Stars
3: of David in people's profile pictures on Facebook? Because there's a whole bunch of black and yellow a couple years ago. Yeah, no one
2: changed their uh, flags to the Israeli flag. and And that's the thing. They need like 90 plus
4: percent of the people to be on board with this thing. And with Ukraine, they had like seventy-five percent tops. Oh like, wow! They had all just the, there, just like, from the let's U.S. Call just it below it, the cusp. Let's call
2: it all the Democrats and half of the the Republicans. Okay, just, just from the U.S. With, only with COVID,
4: they had like eighty percent.
2: And, and Matthew, I don't know how old you are, but I'm fifty-one, so I saw Gulf One. Gulf One was uh, uh, cheered on, if you will, because it was a holy war. Right. That's how Gulf yeah, One no. went. Mm right and yeah, that's what so and, and the people like americans were were cheering they're like yeah let's go bomb some motherfuckers right that was right. the sentiment overall because yeah. they got them all you know ginned up on this holy war this religious war because whether you like it or not the majority of the united states of america claims to be christian that is a religious designation and if there's you know a holy war to be had the christians are going to be on that side the majority of the us is going to be on that side and they're going to be like yeah let's go blow some motherfuckers up
0: yeah, so I'm I'm only I'm only 41, um, so I'm not down with blowing up motherfuckers. Um, but I, I yeah, think that, I'm not either. I'm uh, just saying that
2: that was like the popular sentiment amongst people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, in in the Ukrainian conflict, there's actually a, a sort of stealth conflict between the Orthodox Church and um, other. Uh, so it's not necessarily a. Um, Lutheran or an Episcopalian versus the Orthodox Church. It's a break between the Russian Orthodox Church and the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. So before the Ukraine conflict, the Russian Orthodox Church was the universally recognized um, religion in the Ukraine. Um, And then as uh, Western entities started to foment division, um, there was kind of a breakaway movement from the Ukraine. That was when there was the entire idea of a Ukrainian church um, came about and then they started breaking away and so basically um, the west the western powers created a conflict where there was none to begin with
2: all right hey matt thank you for the call man we appreciate you 603 283 6160 if you want to join us here on beard talk live Uh, Let's move along. Let's go to fucking Squidward. Hey, turn your fucking shit down, Squidward. Jesus Christ.
7: Hello, my she-riding murderers. It's your boy, the Evo Cap, the
8: libertarian slayer. Little skeet. It's
3: definitely some skeet.
8: Libertarians are the most dangerous people in the world, you know that? I wish. War is the death of the state.
3: <laughs> I wish. War wow. is I wish. the death of
8: the state, not the health of the state. Wow. Peter loves me some war. Bring it on. Bring on all the war. Bring on the war on alcohol. Yeah, I told you Bring he was a violent supporter. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. make marijuana illegal again.
3: He <laughs> seems so much against the the non-aggression principle, like, because it doesn't actually do what it says it does. It seems odd that he would also yeah, be in favor it.
8: of it. I mean, I already brought up several examples of, of where it fails. the you examples can, uh, are terrible. You've never seen much consistency a, out of this infinite guy, amount really. amount of scenarios yeah. where it fails. Well, he's consistently wrong. From children wrong. to pollution mm. to utilitarian scenarios. The non-aggression principle is nonsensical, right? It, so I can present, no, I can no, present a scenario yeah, where... The, see, no,
3: all right, you got to so stop. I, I you can, used, can, you can, tried to use my line so and so say, right, as if we were going to accept your premise. Yeah, but yeah, your it, premise has been rejected. It's a false premise. Yeah.
8: Let me put let me pit the non aggression principle against profit, right? So here's the non aggression principle. You know, you can't like I, I've given this scenario to these these two dummies here before.
2: Would you slap you know YouTube.
8: your coast? Would you slap your for like uh, ten million dollars, right? Oh Christ, that's this where, again. Come up with something the, new, that, that, dude. Jesus the, Christ. That's where, that's where the cost of aggression is so small compared to the benefit. You see, the profit outweighs outweighs this aggression. This is like this. Uh, this applies to like
3: uh, you know. So if I say a no, a cramp, hold on, hold on, one second. This applies let's, to let's like Let's take your example. Let's take so your example. Like, like hold on. mute him, please. Oh, fuck, man. Thank you. So let's take his example. Would I slap? Wait, hang one...
2: on. I got to mute him over here so that he can hear what the fuck we're saying.
3: Okay. Let's take his example. Would I slap one of you two for ten million dollars? I think and he would. And what? Hold on. I hope so. If if I do, I'm proving Skeeter right in that profit is greater than non-aggression, which means if I say no, his entire premise falls apart. Right. So all you need is like someone to say no. I would not slap anyone for any price, and the whole premise falls apart. Skeeter. Say no to the slapping. You mean? Yeah. Would I would I slap? Would no t- I say? Would I slap Captain yeah. Kickass? ass okay, For so ten million dollars.
8: What would evolution do to you? What's what would, would who would evolution select? The person who slaps the other guy, or the person who doesn't slap the other guy and is and is much poorer like Captain? Who would who would evolution select in that case over a bunch of? I don't uh,
3: think evolution pays know? any attention to, monita- mon- to so money. You value.
8: don't think evolution mm. selects between behaviors?
3: Uh, I don't think MIAs. evolution cares what the cost of the behavior is financially.
4: Oh, I think it does.
3: So, really? so it, doesn't, oh, yeah, it, doesn't, absolutely. it doesn't punish you. It
4: yeah, doesn't well,
7: reward so, the person um, who's. Right.
4: <laughs> So if I have more money, I am more evolutionarily fit because I'm able to provide for my offspring more effectively. Okay. Where you- so yeah, evolution definitely very much cares uh, your ability to access resources and in our case that's money, which yeah, will probably continue to be the human condition for a good
3: long time. I mean, but I can access resources without money.
4: Not as effectively.
2: The question here is, does evolution select rich people over poor people? Yes. Or, I guess, profits over really? non-profits. Have you seen idiocracy? Yeah.
3: I don't know. Let's... Uh... Punish,
8: oh, she's still punish talking. The guy who's, it'll punish the guy who's paying $10 million for you to slap the guy. Why are you there's yelling? There's no inherent profit in, it, in that. Really? We're trying, trying to hash so this crazy. out. Jesus Christ. Take if a deep breath, somebody... bro.
4: Take a breath. Count to
3: ten. Count to three. We only it's give him three seconds.
8: I, I don't like uh, Richie Rich. Your head's before, about to explode, like, man. I get cut off, so I I I feel a sense of urgency trying to get my info out. You guys have also to keep talking about even when you hang up on me. You can you can try to convince yourself you won the oh. you won the debate like with subjective oh, value with everything. Go
3: find that your sock.
8: <laughs> so, oh.
4: Bye,
2: Skeeter. Uh, I've had enough of that shit.
4: That's right. I've hung up on his ass. So, uh, to steel man the opposition, if, I, Wait, if I, I may. I know what straw man is. What's steel man? Uh, it's the opposite of straw man. It's uh, Instead of giving you the Bolster worst possible argument, I'm going to give you the best possible version of that argument that I can give you. Okay. So, to steel man the argument, uh, at least as I've encountered it, so a good person is unwilling to do certain
3: things. Like slap a co-host for $10 million.
4: Like slap a co-host for $10 million. Now, an evil person is willing to do everything that a good person is willing to do and those other things. Mm-hmm. And so evolution will select the
2: evil person. Right. Okay. Because they're capable of doing more. Okay, but what if, in the same scenario, uh, someone's going to give Richie Rich, Squidward, Skeeter, whatever, is going to give Richie Rich $10, skeeter, whatever, it's gonna give Richie Rich 10 million bucks for slapping me.
3: And I say, no, I and will not no, slap no, the No, 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 no.
2: You say, sure, oh, okay. sure, I'll do it. All and right. then on the
3: side, Richie
2: Rich comes to me, he's like, hey, look, man, there's a lot of money on the table. Uh, Skeeter wants me to slap you for like 10 million bucks.
4: To be fair, that he did put the hypothetical uh, in the you're not allowed to tell him that. Well, and not only I that, if Captain that.
3: agrees to, it, it's not an act of aggression. It's, right. It's not a violation.
4: Right. And so that's that's the question. So now, right. but I think no, that no, no. I can. No, no, hang, I hang can on, hang on, because you just laid out my exact scenario, me. right? Yeah.
2: If we make this deal, right, unbeknownst to whomever's paying, right, it's still not an act of aggression. But does oh yeah, a, yeah, if we get agreement, to hold that up, it's not Hold aggression. the fuck on. We make this deal. The slap goes through. Mm-hmm. Right. And then everybody finds out later that we made a deal or whatever and, you know, some fucking drama unfolds or whatever it is. We're on
3: the hook for fraud.
2: Who does evolution select? The people who made the deal or the people who proposed the deal?
4: Well, in theory, the people who are proposing this deal have $10 million to just throw around for fuck's sake. So So, they're already evolutionarily selected.
2: I don't know about that.
4: Okay, well, let's. Okay, so in your in your scenario where uh, Skeety has ten million dollars to give to uh, to Richie to to slap you. Yep. I don't think that's all the money he has. No, I mean, of course not. He may not be the the most wise and rational person in the world, but he's not going to give but away I mean, all of his money f- just to get you so, slapped. So, he's probably got mm, maybe a billion dollars.
2: So by and this, this is logic, change, so he's going to amuse himself by seeing if it works. So by this logic, evolution is going to choose Donald Trump. Evolution is going to yeah. choose Fuck Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates. Really? Yes. Evolu- I don't think so. Without a doubt. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm with Captain on this one. I don't like, think so. I don't think, I think the we... amount of money you have has any uh, influence on e- what evolution may or may not be. That's choose. retarded. I th-
3: I, well, take this example then, the English blue bloods.
2: Yeah?
3: Richest people on the planet, inbred the fuck out of themselves, retarded as hell a few generations later.
4: Yeah, okay. All things being equal, being rich will be evolutionarily selected for. Now, that is not all things being equal. Like, that is, well, we acquired our, uh, our money through selective incest. It's like, okay, well, you've, you've put yourself a handicap that is actually stronger than the ele- evolutionary so- selection for okay. the money.
3: So what, what qualities are you suggesting evolution selects for because of wealth?
4: Oh, well, ability to provide for your offspring, ability to protect your family, um, uh, access to mates, uh, social status is like the sexiest thing in the entire world. Okay. Yeah. So th- all of these things are really helpful for creating and yeah, we continuing we know that, offspring. We know that rich, well, ugly
2: guys can get laid, right? Right. I mean, well, that, that, that that doesn't need to be said. That's a cliche. That's likely true. However, I know some insanely smart people who are poor. Mm-hmm. And some of them intentionally, mm-hmm. right? who they could be rich, but they're not. They're strong, they're virile, they're smart. they provide for their families, they mm-hmm. can protect their families, but they're not fucking rich. because in order for you to be rich, at least uh, not, I mean, not all the time, but uh, a lot of the time, you have to be an evil motherfucker.
3: There's a, There's a tro- tropical tribe somewhere uh, of free divers and evolutionarily, they have been selected for lung capacity and ability to hold their breath. Mm-hmm. We would not consider them wealthy.
4: I have no idea what the fuck you're saying. So I'll respond to what he was saying first.
3: Do you want me to? Do you want me to clarify?
4: Actually, I want to respond to him okay. first. Unless, oh, yeah. unless you were building off of his point.
3: No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with the captain, and I'm. Right, let come the, back to the pearl I'm divers. Pr- providing in a another now. example of evolution selecting for poor people.
4: Okay, so. Again, all things being equal, being wealthy is definitely evolutionarily selected for. Now, if you're in a circumstance where, in order to be wealthy, you also have to be evil, that I think is a handicap that outweighs being wealthy.
2: But, but the wealth so then is still evolutionarily selected
4: for. Doesn't that, and that knock evil down the profit is motive against?
2: Doesn't that knock down profit as a motive or as a a, a selection? Well, so that's not the only way to be wealthy, though. Right. Okay. All
4: right. Now, if it were, like, you know, you're, you're in a very, you know, super oppressive empire and they, like, just make sure that everyone who's wealthy and survives is in on the scam, well, yeah, then you're, you have to take the so handicap then, of being evil, and the evil handicap is bigger than the
2: wealthy uh, advantage. How do we know what evolution defines as wealthy? We're talking about results. evolution as if it's a, a thing, a, a living breathing entity. Evolution doesn't so entity, much care about wealth. It cares about the effects that wealth tends to bring. We're talking about evolution selecting for wealth. Okay. So, as a how, secondary what criteria does evolution use to determine human wealth? Well, and Skeeter protection didn't of say- your
4: offspring, provision for your offspring being really like big important things, and the ability to attract mates.
3: Well, to, Skeeter didn't say it was a secondary effect. He said evolution selects for wealth. Like that was that was right. the de facto premise. Okay, sure.
4: I mean, or yeah, it's profit. It, or it does. Whatever, it, yeah, it's not direct. It is indirect. Okay. But but he's not wrong there. Like the effects of wealth. Uh, uh, to be more precise than he was, evolution selects for the effects of wealth. Okay. The effects of wealth being access to mates. And protection and provision for your offspring. What else does evolution select for, other than attracting mates and providing for them and protecting them? Fucking nothing, really.
3: Well, okay. So again, the the tribe that I brought up was—I I don't remember exactly where it is. Yeah. You know, tropic, whatever. You know that area. Uh, they're free divers. Mm-hmm. Like they live basically in the water, and that's that's their habitat. Yep. Yeah. We would traditionally not say they are wealthy, based on our Westerns, western Western yeah. centric version of wealth, yeah. right? But generationally, they can hold their breath longer, dive further down, right? Because evolution has has selected like lung capacity specifically for this tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Giving them an advantage in that region over anybody else right, because for hundreds
2: of generations they've been is. doing this diving and like right. you know as time has gone on all of their offspring have given uh, or have uh, the propensity for holding their breath longer lo- lo- etc and so
3: on but by our definition poor motherfuckers right, well, right yeah. they and, dive.
2: and i'd say that wealth is actually
4: the mechanism by which evolution has selected the ability to do this go on so the people who tried to to pearl dive but didn't have the lung capacity to do it didn't get wealthy and because they didn't get wealthy, they didn't have access to mates. They didn't have the ability to protect and provide for their offspring. But the ones that did didn't get wealthy either. Yes, they did. They got pearls. The pearls gave them status and gave them the ability to trade for protection and provision.
3: I don't think they traded for anything. They just they're they like again small uncontacted tribe, right? They're not protected against anybody. They're just they're just there, peaceful probably even, right?
4: No. I don't nope. think so at all. Okay. Like, in general, like, a, a small, uncontacted tribe tends to be a really, really dangerous place. No, these are just
3: free divers. That's all. They, they dive, they get their fish, they get pearls, whatever. Well, and that's the thing. They, they don't they, trade. So, they So, just...
4: in the absence of trade, they weren't diving for
3: pearls. Okay. So, the additional ability
4: to dive is actually just an additional ability to get food. So sometimes the, sometimes the fish are scarce, and being able to, to get the clams is going to be the difference between whether you starve or not. Okay. And being able to not starve
2: gets you the bitches.
3: Okay. And you're calling that wealth? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's do this. Let's go to an unscreened caller. Who the fuck is this?
9: Hey, guys. It's Frank. Let me be Frank.
3: Uh, frank Furter? Frank... In Stein? I'm always frank and earnest with women. <laughs> in Chicago, frank I'm frank, and, frank and in New York, I'm earnest. Frank, uh, frank
4: D- I love
2: your hot sauce. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Frank's hot sauce. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, do hey. you mind saying whereabouts you're calling from? Red Hot.
9: Uh, roundabout, Texas.
2: Roundabout, Texas. All right. Just don't be in New Mexico, man. I hate that place.
9: No, no. Um, all right. So uh, going off what the last topic was, it's thoroughly engaging. I love it. I love the thought experiments of testing the, the uh, non-aggression principle although it was a bit straw man-ish. I'm putting it lightly. Um, I, I think that there's a multi there's multiple factors that were forgotten in uh, evolutionary selection process for societies. That's the first thing I'll say is organizational aspects of societies society is not necessarily directly related to wealth. So you lost me on that. or Not you guys, but the argument loses me on that. Um, hold hold, hold on. Say
6: co- that again.
9: Cooperate, cooperation is a big factor in the capability. The individual is not the thing that perpetuates in evolutionary systems. It's oh, oh so, so here's – hey, Hang on. Let me finish this one. Um, And so the, the, the ability of groups to organize and cooperate together – it uh, doesn't necessarily mean to aggregate wealth to an individual in the, in, in the uh, effect of arbitrarily spending entertainment money on dumb shit like slapping somebody in the face. Who gives a shit about that? Right. And I would also argue that anyone who's willing to uh, throw their wealth around for menial uh, uh, entertainment value of some dude slapping somebody in the face is going to be separated from their wealth. Much like a fool, uh, very quickly. So, what if I just I
3: spend that, that money on video games?
9: Uh, it's, uh, well, I'm sorry to say, uh, <laughs> uh, proportional to the ability for you to make wealth. I, I mean, there might be an argument there, but I would say that someone who dedicates more time uh, in and uh, resources for entertainment versus uh, acqui- acquisition of resources are lower in the evolutionary train, uh, relative to somebody else, but that's not really the question. The question is, does the non-aggression principle apply to the effectiveness of any sort of um, organizational aspect of society to perpetuate themselves? I would say that societies that embrace the non-aggression principle or cooperation within the group, not necessarily external, but within, mm-hmm. uh, would perpetuate themselves at a higher propagation rate than another so yes
4: yeah if, and that's and that's agree? what and that's what he's missing in this equation like he's just it's sort of a monomania a singular fixation yeah. on wealth and Very he's myopic. not seeing that 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 single minded pursuit of wealth makes you incapable of working effectively with others. And and that's yeah. basically the same problem with uh, the, the I mean, my best version of the steel manning argument is, well, yeah, sure, you're capable of these other things, but at what cost? Like, weirdly enough, it was an a, a original series Star Trek episode that went into, like, yeah, it's a lot easier for a good man to pretend he's evil mm-hmm. than an evil man to pretend he's good. Mm-hmm. And you you just can't oh, interface with that. peaceful society when you're not a peaceful person. I mean at least not for an extended period of time and yeah, not but reliably. Like, but uh, but, yeah, but being I, able I like, to I, but to your point, being able to interface with each other and to work together makes all of us more capable yeah. of uh, protecting and providing and and wealthy
3: I would also suggest that in the capitalist system, uh, the selfish pursuit of wealth uh, works because you have to serve the needs of others to get it. So, yes, even within cooperative society and peaceful society, uh, there are still those pursuing absolute wealth. It's just a matter of how they obtain it.
9: Yeah, but I don't think that it's inherently selfish, but uh, that's a separate argument. I also want to say that uh, it, 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 it... uh, to reiterate, it's very myopic and one-dimensional thinking. There are many ways that people uh, uh, acquire positions in society and become uh, so wealth, power, influence. These all things factor into it. So it's forgetting all of those things. And I think somebody was talking about pearl diving or whatever. It was hard for me to listen while I was on hold. But it's um, so nearly anyway, impossible. So I, think, <laughs> I think. I think. I think we put that one to bed. Um, I would like. I, I wish that guy would be more uh, attuned to uh, argumentation ethics. He's on the spectrum. The Don't down, expect Jesus too much Christ. out of him. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason I wanted to call in earlier was we were talking uh, – while you guys were talking with the uh, caller before the last one, mm-hmm. um, I, I do want to push back a little bit. I, I, I like what you guys are saying. I think that there is the, – the, the, the issue – it's very complex, obviously. The, the, but the, the whole—okay, so the concept. There's no, there's no good guys in this. I think people get triggered on that or whatever. But here's the thing that really bothers me. I understand if you're under oppression, violent oppression for a period of time. And I think um, Captain, you were saying something about somebody, or I don't know who was, who, whoever it was. Uh, you're growing up in this system. You know nothing other than that. Yep. Like y- y- you, don't know any other metric of uh, making an ethical call or a moral call. It's just like all I know is this violent oppression. I've been to Iraq. I talked to these young kids who grew up in the first, uh, uh the, the Gulf War, yep. right? Um, and it, it was it, it's illuminating to say the least. So yeah, I've, I I've witnessed it myself. But here's the thing. I think uh, uh, Molyneux talks about uh, what universal preferable behavior as an alternative to uh, the concept of uh, the non-aggression principle, bringing it back down to at a a, uh, fundamental level. Even when we're young, we recognize ethics and morality Mm -hmm. as a fundamentality to existence. In that sense, this is what I'm going to say. I don't think it's acceptable for a uh, paramilitary force, whatever you want to call it, uh, military force, terrorist force. I, I think they're all just buzzwords or whatever. These are desperate people, obviously. Yeah. But when you break it down to the fundamental level, is it really admissible as an acceptable tactic to target, quote unquote, civilians? Now, this gets hairy because when you expand the scope of a target with the uh, concept of, of – uh, the aggressors, right? And this is where we get into this tribalist like, "Oh, you're where, you, you got the red coat on too." Well, you know, like you're well, wearing the Star of David too." Pause, Stu, or pause
3: there for a moment cuz I'll sure. I'll address sure. it. Right? Uh it's not good it's it's not that anyone is saying, at least for me. It's not that I'm saying that it's acceptable for Hamas to attack Israeli women and children. Right? What what I take issue with is the lack of concern by the world, the West, and mainstream media uh, when Israel attacks Palestinian women and children. There's no fucking outcry. No one says a goddamn thing, it doesn't hit the news cycle, you don't hear about it, but Palestinian deaths outnumber Israeli deaths over the course of the conflict like 10 or 1,000 fold, right?
9: I'm looking. Uh, no, yeah I, and, and I, I, would push back targeted. and say that Sorry. that's
3: not a good
4: enough reason to side with Palestine. I'm not
3: siding with Palestine. I, am siding against the hypocrisy.
4: Uh, you're not, but like basically the entire left of right.
3: America's political spectrum Everybody, is. Right, and that's fucked up. So here's the here's the Everybody other part of it.
9: Nobody wants to be on a side of a team. This is all sport. Yeah, it's Here, you, it's, it's it's global all sports. war sports.
3: Here's the other part the of live that. live
9: stream's going. It's, it's, all, it's, it's the Super Bowl of—it's uh, the newest Super Bowl of yep. warfare. Woohoo! so here's, Bombs are flying. Here's
3: the other side of that. If you're on the Israeli side and you have a history of bombing Palestinian women and children, you don't get to cry foul when they bomb your women and children. You can't do— You can't Fair. do that— and then play the fucking victim on the world stage. Well, obviously you can. Well, they're doing it, but well, that's, again, okay. that's why I'm against the hypocrisy. I'm against it. Right?
9: All right. Are you interested to hear the counter to that? Please. Okay. So. Um,
2: Only if you can be frank about it.
9: For us. Okay. I'll, I'll try to be frank. <laughs> uh, for us, it goes back to 9-11, right? And and people always oh, hate us because of our freedom. yeah, yeah. yeah. And this, the, I I got an argument with it yesterday at the bar. Uh, we it, like we are to blame for nine eleven. Now, does it I'm justify? Not.
3: What did you <laughs> that's do, Frank? What I'm
9: saying that's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> but We're
3: that not. okay. Just so we pause there again, because that's in area. the nine
4: eleven commission report. Yeah, is the U S is the U S federal government to blame for nine eleven? Fuck yeah. Like according to like okay, according to their story of what the fuck
3: happened there, yeah, it's 100% their fault. It's in their own report. History of violence so the against, the, uh, against the against uh, the Arab people from the 1950s with all the CIA initiatives and operations came to a head on
9: 9/11. Yep.
3: So yes, it's the American government's fault.
9: Good right? job, Frank. Yep.
3: And if the American government is at fault, you can't blame the people who have been bombed out of existence for 50 years when they retaliate against a civilian building, which isn't even really a civilian building. But all of was that like all was go- not in my backyard. But it was government offices that hey, civilians uh, happen to occupy. Hey,
2: Frank, thank you so much for the call, man. We appreciate you. Uh, we're coming up on our break Don't time. start
3: none, won't be none. Mm-hmm. If you don't mess with them, the likelihood is that they won't mess with you and if they do, then you have a good reason to defend.
2: Yeah, it turns out blowback is real. Fucking a. So um, normally, uh, as we're coming up on our break time. So normally, I would uh, play some music during the break, which I will do. But
3: we're going to do an acapella jingle instead. Well, what I wanted to find was about silver rounds. Yeah. No no no. Uh there's a <laughs>
2: I I'm a big fan of this Silver uh this rounds. band. Silver I'm a big fan Silver of this band. Called, <laughs> called Prong and <laughs> I'm looking for uh something where one of his songs was here we go. Uh so Prong this uh metal band they're they're not thrashy They're, they're sort of techno doom heavy groove They're they're, they're a groove-oriented band. Uh, One of my favorite bands, Tommy Victor, is a great (laughs) guitar player. Uh, They released a new album called Breaking Point. So the title track on this album is called Breaking Point. Oh, go figure. And the paragraph here, this is from BraveWords.com. Prong released a lyric video for Breaking Point, which could be interpreted as anti-government song. Oh, no. (gasps) To which Tommy Victor says, ah, it could be. We live in an era where you can't even say... Anti-government. Mm. You can't be anything. Say uncle government. You can't be. Yeah, right, uncle government. Uh, you can't be anything that the media tells us not to be. Are you telling me Uncle Sam is transgender? It's 2023. Wouldn't doubt it. You're making me reflect on this song pretty well here where they have this agenda. They're telling us how to think. And if we don't, we're in trouble. It's Just very, wait till
3: the first question mark in the White House.
2: It's very dangerous times on that end. I think people are fed up with it. I really do. So I want to play some of this uh, album, which just came out. Uh, It's only a couple of days old. Uh, And we will start, of course, with Breaking Point, the song in question uh, from Tommy Victor and Prong. As soon as I can find where the starting point is. Because...
3: In the beginning.
2: uh, Yes, yes. The song started. Well, not necessarily in the beginning, but... And it went all the way until the end of the song. Uh... Oh, and of course, it doesn't give us the thing to do. So. You can do
4: tell it. we're professionals. Yeah, you can We're going to start was...
3: singing silver bells again if <laughs> well, i hear some music. All right, all so. right
4: but this <laughs> time, can I please have not the soprano part? Uh, not exactly my bailiwick.
2: All right, uh, we're going to take a break. This is Beard Talk Live. We'll be back in 10 minutes, 603 283 6160.
4: months of the hat and with a brim that small you can't say it's the pimpiest hat that there ever was
3: if, if i think you, you just have ian's pimp hat in your mind as like the large hat but like find like a real pimp he's probably wearing a homburg. if you
2: listeners wondered if we just well, stopped talking for some period of time during the break the answer is no no, we don't. The The conversation continues without you while we're taking a break from, well, talking. <laughs> so we did that. We took a break from talking by continuing to talk. and now It's because Bob
3: Green wasn't here.
2: <laughs> and now we're done with our break time talking to talk some more. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, the music you got to listen to was Prong. Uh, they just released this album a couple of days ago. It's called State of Emergency. Uh, Go buy it. Go download it. Go listen to it. Add it to your, uh, you know, playlist or whatever whatever the fuck. This is Beard Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you're watching, listening, and you want to call in, that is the number that you need to use. I, of course, in the studio, the three beardos are myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And Rich Rich. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of shit. We started talking shit. Yeah. We started talking about Ireland and I want to continue doing that because there's a second article written by the same guy, uh, some period of time later after the first one. Uh, and it's, so the first one was called 1000 years of Irish anarchy. And it pointed out that the Irish had something that resembled a stateless society, they still had organization. They had arbitration. They had, uh, you know, what they call elders, right? They would have uh, a person of uh, an upstanding reputation do arbitration for them rather than employ uh, the forcible uh, policing and courts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but this one goes a little bit deeper because, like, 1,000 years is one thing, but 9,000 years? Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Uh, He says, I posted once before on Ireland and their anarchy that lasted for more than a thousand years. Uh, This most remarkable historical example of a society of libertarian law and courts first came to my attention while reading Murray Rothbard's For a New Liberty. We covered that already. Murray Rothbard documented the Irish anarchy in his book For a New Liberty, The Libertarian Manifesto, when he wrote in part, the most remarkable historical example of libertarian law and courts, however has been neglected by historians until very recently. And that was also a society where not only the courts and law were largely libertarian, but where they operated within a purely stateless and libertarian-style society. This was ancient Ireland, an Ireland which persisted in this libertarian path for roughly a thousand years until its brutal conquest by England in the 17th century. And in contrast to many similarly functioning primitive tribes, such as the Ebos in West Africa and many European tribes, pre-conquest Ireland was not in any sense primitive. It was a highly complex society that was for centuries the most advanced, most scholarly, and most civilized in all of Western Europe. For a thousand years then, the ancient Celtic Ireland had no state or anything like it. As the leading authority on ancient Irish law had written... There was no legislature, no bailiffs, no police, no public enforcement of justice. There was no trace of state-administered justice. How, then, was justice secured? The basic political unit of ancient Ireland was the Tuath. All free men who owned land, all professionals and all craftsmen, were entitled to become members of a Tuath. Each Tuatha's members formed an annual assembly, which decided all common policies, declared war or peace on other Tuatha, and elected or deposed their kings, quote-unquote. Kings is the only don't. I don't, don't want to
3: cut you off prematurely. I'm sure you do. Well, maybe. You're Depends. going to. You just did. Understood. But I don't want to. But it's this seems like the same thing we talked about in the first hour. Yep. We're getting there. Okay. We're recapping. We're recapping. You feel compelled. Yeah. I understand. Well, I just want to make sure that, you know... We're picking up where we left off, as opposed to just doing the same thing yes. we did the first time.
2: This this go uh, there's there's more depth here than in okay. the first one because of the difference of the one thousand to the nine thousand years. Right, right. Perfect. So, uh, at any rate, often two or more too often decided to merge into a single more efficient unit. As Professor Peden states, the Tuatha is thus a body of persons voluntarily united for socially beneficial purposes, and the sum total of the landed properties of its members constituted its territorial dimension. So mergers and acquisitions. In short, they did not have a modern state with its claim to sovereignty over a given, usually expanding territorial area, divorced from the landed property rights of its subjects. On the contrary, Tuatha... Were voluntarily associations. I'd say were voluntary associations, which only comprised of the landed properties of its voluntary members. In other words, 100% voluntary. Uh, Think of these as similar to friendly societies. Okay, where a bunch of people get together for a purpose. Right. I talk all the time about how, like, healthcare used to be a friendly society would get together. Every member would pool a bunch of money, hire a doctor for a year, pay a salary, and then everybody in that friendly society right. gained access to that
3: doctor. Very similar to the structure of the two. I feel like to get to nine thousand years, we have to work backwards eight thousand years because we already know this was conquered in like the sixteen hundreds. Right. Okay.
2: Historically, about eighty to a hundred Tuatha coexisted at any time throughout Ireland. Notice that Rothbard and others have said that the Irish anarchy lasted a thousand years. Rothbard wrote, This was ancient Ireland, an Ireland which persisted in this libertarian path for roughly a thousand years. Uh, but what happened around 600 AD that marks the starting point of the Irish anarchy? We find that the documentation of this libertarian period began around 600 AD when Christian monks and priests came to Ireland as they were fleeing the violent upheavals surrounding the fall of of the Roman Empire. These monks are the ones to bring modern writing to the Irish. The Irish had a form of written communication that did not document history. That was done by their oral traditions, quote-unquote. The Christian clergy over a long period of time assembled a book called The Book of Invasions to document in written fashion the Irish oral traditions. So their stories, their history was passed mouth-to-mouth. Right? Person to person. There was no, it wasn't written. I don't think down. it was passed mouth to mouth. Well, you, you get what a mouth, mouth to ear. That's not mouth what you've passed that way. Mouth to ear. Uh, the oral traditions in any written history showed no shift in the Irish culture in any way, no wars or conquests. So we would have to believe that anarchy that met the Christian immigrants and confused them in 600 AD was not new at all, but had a long history even at that point. And so uh,
4: to interject here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in illiterate uh, civilizations, there is an extreme uh, conservatism. I mean, basically, what happens is that when you don't write things down, things don't change. So the the culture that gets passed on just gets passed on exactly as it is
2: from one generation to Gen- another is what usually generation happens. Generation to generation, yes. Uh, we can say with certainty, and there's only a couple of more short paragraphs here. We can say with certainty that it ended with the English invasion in the 1640s, so we were going to count backwards from okay. that, apparently. Uh, we can find no archaeological site that indicates any central state other than just one slight possibility that goes back 5,500 years or the few hill fortresses built on southern I- Ireland uh, to repel the invading Swiss Celts of 100 B.C., There's much evidence of farming, prosperous trading communities, centers of art, and religious areas going back 9,000 years, but no evidence of any state. All we can find is evidence that the Irish lived peaceably for an extended period of time and were trading goods and services with their neighbors. There's no reason or any evidence to believe anything other than the Irish anarchy lasted at least 9,000 years, possibly even more than that. The history of a state is the record of that state conducting wars. And we find the Irish history records peaceful, voluntary, cooperation, until the barbarous England uh, invaded in the 1640s. Almost any time I talk with a modern American, I'm asked, how in the world do I expect people to be able to exist without a government to control them? Besides the obvious facts that governments are our biggest enemy and should be done away with on their record of tyrannies, We have seen anarchy's work before, and that should give us something to model our plans
3: on. I mean, I I like the idea of it, but lack of evidence is not evidence to the contrary either. Sure.
4: Honestly, I was surprised to find out that the thousand years was not just assumed, but actually historically documented. Right. Sort of. Um, and so what this guy what is you mean saying, sort of like no six hundred, what odd? Well, because the, there
3: was a gap. They're like the it started in six hundred, right? And well, then, no, no, that's the thing. Like six hundred is when
4: they started documenting okay, right. that this was going on. All right. So from six hundred to 16, sixteen, whatever, forty or whatever. All right. We know that in terms of of history of written history by these uh, Christians. Okay. Now before six hundred A.D no documentation no documentation which uh, it is exactly what their culture was it was they thought that like horrible things happen when you write things down which fair enough there are some serious trade-offs by writing things down so they had a very strong oral tradition in order to become one of their uh, wise people uh, the druid tradition you had to recount the entire history of the people from memory from start to finish and that seems impossible until you realize they use jingles. Ah.
2: Yeah. Totally possible. Yeah. Uh, so I'd just like
4: you hear a song and like it was one one of your favorite albums. Yeah. And as soon as that song ends, your brain starts playing the song
2: after that, even though the radio is playing something else entirely. There's a song I yeah. learned in grade school called 50 Nifty. Mm. And it basically is all of the United States in alphabetical order to a jingle. <laughs> ah, And so I can't. I can't do it without singing, right? Yeah. Like I could, I could write it down, right? I could in my <laughs> yeah.
3: Alabama,
2: Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut,
3: right? Yeah. That's that's how it started. But and can you do all the countries animaniac style? I cannot. No, okay. no. But
2: but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I I could see how that works as a version of recorded history, right? If you put it to jingles, the human brain conceptualizes yeah. it. Yeah, we're
4: crazy good at that, like so, to the point that that's what they're taking advantage of to advertise.
2: So, what this person is looking for, uh, Mark Stovall, I believe, is the the author of this. Uh, he's he's saying what Peakless said. You know, starting in 600, we see documentation of yep. this this libertarian style society. So, 600 to 1600, thousand years. Okay, let's let's just use that number. Now, let's go look for evidence. Uh, before 600 AD let's look for anything we can find archaeological evidence anecdotal evidence other uh, you know uh, tribes or uh, countries or communities of people who did write things down that may have traded with them or whatever none could be found right so is that indicative that it may have been up to 9,000 years perhaps perhaps but that's the point. The point is, is that this type of society possibly lasted nine thousand yeah. years. I say possibly. Again, I admit makes that makes for like, a good story. That like there's, you know, probably. Well, th- no, no, th- makes for a good
4: story. Is like, you know, Hercules and the Hydra. But no, this this logically fits. So, of the information that we have of pre-literate cultures, we do have tremendous documented historical evidence of the extreme conservative culture. They basically tend to be the exact same culture from generation to generation to generation in preliterate societies. Now, once you start introducing literacy, then people start going, oh, well, I've checked the books and we haven't tried X, Y, Z yet. Let's try that. And it you know, seems like a good idea because even if I'm wrong, we can
3: write down that it didn't work. The, the problem with libertarian argumentation is the opposition always gives you a homework assignment? Going, well, prove it. Right. And then you'll come to this article, and they'll say, "Well, nine thousand years." Actually, I go to the other one, but that's whatever, yep. whatever. But the other thousand one's, years. The other one's probably better because there's documentation. Right. And if they're not convinced by the thousand years, right? Like, look, look, we found one. uh, well, uh, uh Ireland ancient Ireland? Yep. Thousand years of anarchy. Right. You go like this. Look, I found the example you've been wanting me to find so that we can move forward with this uh, with this argument. That and they come back works. with, oh, yeah, Pax Romana. I don't know what that means.
4: Thousand years of peace because of the state.
3: Oh, well, sure, they might do that. But if you if you're if they're convi- if they're not convinced.
4: Have you seriously never heard of the Pax Romana? No, 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 no. Oh, that's uh, I am not buffs, well read. kind of important.
3: Yeah, I'm not a history buff. Because, again, th- that's and the homework. Wince is...
4: When I tell you to read a book?
3: Because uh, I anyway. read a lot. I just don't read books. And I don't read history books because that shit's boring.
4: <laughs> so I'd say that the boringness of history. Listen to a show, history, damn it You should know this about Richie Rich. The boringness of history is a psyop. Okay. Yeah. So the, the public education system intentionally makes certain things very, very boring. Okay. And prime among that is history because the last fucking thing they want is people learning history on their own. All right. Then how come the Bible's boring? Dude, the Bible's not boring.
2: It's fucking boring as
6: fuck.
4: It's not fucking boring. It has naked women and talking snakes in the
2: first chapter. Come on. Yeah, but it's incredibly boring to read. Seriously? Yeah.
3: I'm gonna redirect. You you argue you argue you give them the example thousand years. They come up with Pax Romana, whatever. Sure. Don't care. Okay. If they're not convinced by the thousand years, and you go, well, look, it goes back even further, nine thousand years, and they're gonna say, show me the proof. And you're gonna have like the article with oral history and tradition, right? And you've gone down yeah, this route. Sure, it's rabbit not h-
4: proof; it's evidence, but it's not uh, it's not proof. I'll give you that.
3: Right, but it, again, it's the homework assignment mentality that opponents of libertarian theory always send you to do. Right? Who will build the roads? And then you got to like go fucking find Walter Block's you know private property and road building book, and you go like read this tome. No, I just go people okay people will build the roads yeah and 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 you've you've convinced the statist to convert to libertarian and anarchism by going people
2: people Uh, will build the roads well okay so then you just wait for their next counter right
3: right that's the thing there's there's always something else right and this is where daryl got in uh, trouble years ago so that's
4: so the problem there is they're not actually articulating what their real argument is and what their real question is what their real question is not like well how will the asphalt get there Their real question is like, okay, our current system has this kind of collective ownership of the roads, and that collective ownership is how our civilization operates. So how can a civilization operate without this kind of collective ownership that is instantiated, for example, in roads? I'd love
2: for just one time some status to articulate in that manner. Well, this, this is well, why you, time. I'd be like, "Oh, this I'm, is why you got to steel man your opposition." I'm, I'm to, having a conversation with somebody who, who, you know, who understands the is articulating what they mean, right? Instead of going,
3: "But what about the roads?" So it's the it's the question not being asked. Sales tactics, right? If you're right. if you're overcoming objections in sales, you're not answering the question they ask. You're answering the question that they want answered,
6: mm-hmm. right.
3: and you have to know what that is. Right. And I think, as you've noted, Peakless. Right, We know what the question is, so let's stop doing the fucking homework assignments, and for me personally, a, his, a history lesson to a status is not going to change their position, because they care even less than I do. Well, You've got to so, get to so their I concerns.
4: Think, I think what their concern then is, is why haven't I heard of a functional anarchist society, if it's possible? And then you give them the
3: example, and they're, they're still unconvinced.
4: Which is fair
3: i mean why honestly why go down that route
4: well okay so the i do think that this is important just so that we can like remind ourselves we're not actually creating something that's completely new this isn't some kind of like uh, uh i mean so marxism is a cult okay like they are legitimately attempting a thing that has never been done okay now I'm convinced that thing's not possible. They're convinced that thing is possible. Well,
3: because every time it's tried, it's failed. And they go, well, that wasn't the real thing. Sure. Right? But we've got Ireland. We've got ancient Iceland. Right? That's another one that gets brought up. Spain.
2: Uh, Let's do what we do here on Beard Talk Live. Beard Talk Live,
3: who the fuck is this? Rob. Me, Rob. Hey, me, Rob. What's going on? Chilling, homie. What's up? You're on
2: the show yeah. with uh, Richie, Peekless, and myself?
7: Yeah, yeah. I see you guys on TV there. You look good. Hi, Rob! Hi, Rob!
2: Hi yeah.
7: Rob! So, uh, i got to agree with the captain, Peekless, about the Bible. It's not a very it's good book. It doesn't boring. have a very happy ending. You know, but I mean, if you Dude, it's the check, number one bestseller
2: of
4: all time. Book. Like, the be evidence does not
2: suit your, your... Yeah, but just because motels buy a bunch of them every fucking
4: hey, year. Hey, hey, hey.
3: You know what the number they one... They actually don't. You know what the number one restaurant in America is? Fucking Taco Bell.
4: You know what? When they stop beheading babies over Harry Potter, we'll talk.
7: You'd be better off reading the Koran. <laughs> it's a better book. It's the same book.
4: No, it's no. just an no, updated Bible edition Bible
7: not the same as the with Quran. a different author so no, you're the Bible, saying it's raise the, the book a, of Mormon reason, for God's sake it's an IP 100%. violation
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bible part that sorry Rob you're gonna have a hard time talking over us go ahead
7: all right so I would I'm just agreeing with the captain that the Bibles it, it, it's not true full it's it's like I said it doesn't have a very happy ending
3: it's also
4: curated well, go read some of the other books. Well, what do you think yeah. the ending is?
3: Yeah, well, four horsemen of the apocalypse.
4: That's the not problem. the end. dragons
3: and snakes. But, but I mean, basically, the the,
4: basically, the thing literally ends the happy, like happily ever after. Like it's real, non-specific, which is kind of annoying. But it does, you know, say, and then there will be no more pain and no more sickness and no more
3: death. Is everyone's? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I which can't.
4: okay, fair enough. But like. There's something valuable in that, that, like, hey, whatever the fuck it is that we are doing, we should probably try and aim at less pain, less sickness, and less death. Go ahead, Rob.
7: Well, I prefer to, uh, you know, believe nothing I hear and half of what I see.
2: Mm. What were you uh, really calling about, Rob?
7: The, the reason why I was really calling was that there was an article that came out in the paper over in new hampshire about the you know the new hampshire retirement system panel seeks more data on proposals to increase some benefits okay and it's really kind of disturbing
4: in what i'm way? sorry what
7: it, it's a story Old people that want more money that, yeah they want yeah, more I'm... money and they want more security yeah
4: and the bible's boring dude i couldn't even hear out that sentence it's like oh the state fucking people over again
7: well, but that's something that's happening. The Bible is something that, you know, somebody's made up. It's make believe.
3: Go read Aesop's Fables instead,
4: or well, Grimm's Fairy Tales. Well, yeah, sure, okay. Mm. Maybe, maybe it is make believe. But there's that—that that doesn't. Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. I mean, well, again, every blockbuster you've ever seen was make believe. Does well, that mean that it was boring? No,
7: No. what it means is the shit's too deep.
2: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You I. Know. I mean, like I was. I grew up in <sighs> not my complaint mm, with the thing. What, what, what do I want to call it? Like, for lack of a Church? better term, Christian uh, families. I had several families. I had multiple mothers and fathers. I think something like six sets of parents. Uh, and uh, you know, so uh, at least six different churches. So there were six different versions of said Bible, mm-hmm. right? uh, and then uh, at, at some point I went through uh, uh, what do you call it, confirmation, mm-hmm. right, where like, you know, oh, yeah, I did that. You, got, you got to go study some Bible shit, you got to meet with like, you know, the Rev, that's what we called them, Rev, <laughs> and, uh, you know, go through some, you know, class type shit, and then you got to take a test, and then you got to go through a bullshit ceremony God, that, I don't sp- remember any that, that supposedly marks your you know, becoming a man, right? It's a lot like a uh, like a bar mitzvah, right? Except it's the Christian version. It's like sort of the coming of age, right? Oh, you've reached puberty, and so now you got to go take these special classes. You got to study some Bible. Holy fuck, dude! Like, uh, just boring as fuck, dude. Boring as fuck.
4: Oh yeah, I'll grant you that
2: one. Like, oh my god. Well, and that's so, the thing. Like these things don't have to
4: be boring. Like, okay, history. Use your imagination. History is I'm not a, actually I got a fucking good boring. Imagination. No, history history is not boring. actually fucking boring. Didn't say history was boring. The crap that they teach you in school said the Bible and call it history yeah. is fucking boring. Yeah, history itself is not boring. I agree. Like, and the Bible is not actually boring. It's got a lot of fucking problems. Like, personally, my current problem yeah, like that I'm very, boring. very strongly wrestling with is that it seems to be allowing a whole lot of people to be totally okay with beating the shit out of their wives and kids. Huh. And that just keeps fucking happening. No, That's no. the problem that I'm wrestling with. But boring? That's the church that does yeah, that. It's, it's it tells you how they, hard you they can hit them. They packaged it in
2: a way that made this not boring thing boring the the book itself has nothing to do with the human behavior right the humans have everything to do with the human behavior and it's just that they have this cult around this book
4: i don't know man if you like okay you you taught me to uh judge a thing by the output right a system like a system judge a system by its output okay well if this system keeps outputting this then it Could be that that system is designed to output this. And it seems to me that the output of the Bible, especially in Christianity, but, I mean, fuck, Christianity and uh, Islam definitely have the beating of wives and the beating of children very much explained away as a good thing. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. Gotta keep them bitches in line.
7: I, I would only say that I would recommend those kind of folks to smoke more marijuana. But,
2: it's good use uh, for your Bible pages, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
7: is that in the Bible? Yeah, yeah Well, Bible, it's made of rice paper, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, the the, the but, Bible,
2: uh, actual real Bible paper is smokable. For those of you who don't who don't know that, it can a Bible page can double as a rolling paper. When I hear somebody teach to me
7: about the when I hear somebody teach to me about the Bible, it's like it, you know, they they expect me to to believe in and have faith in I would have faith in it. Well, how do you accept this faith?
3: You just do. That's why they call it faith, right? If you had evidence, yeah, it would well, no they, longer be faith. How do you accept yeah. it? Well, you, yeah, it's
2: it's a human decision to accept something with a lack of evidence.
4: Well, hold on. Are you saying like nine thousand
3: years of anarchy?
4: Hold on. Are you saying how do you accept it or how do you expect it? No, no accept no. How it. Do
7: you, how do you a. accept it? How do you accept the faith?
4: How do you A-C-C-E-P-T?
2: accept faith?
7: How do you accept it? E- accept it. a
2: c c e p t. That's what I said. You
7: know, like yes. I uh, accept that captain's name is Captain Kickass. I accept that. Well, how do I accept the faith? The same in way the Bible.
3: Apparently, the same way. If you can accept the captain's name, right? Just I mean, accept well, the Bible. I accept yeah, I mean, you basically hands. like you have faith
9: it's that the, same the captain's mental name is
4: Captain Kickass. Like yeah, you but don't but really I've have evidence, the, you just go with it and it works. Well, except there is it.
7: Yeah, but, that, but Is there. A business
4: cards, got a website. I have some pretty it's strong evidence of your of, name not being
7: Believe what I that. say.
4: What
2: is a name? Hmm. Sorry, Rob. Go ahead. A, a that, label no, given to a just, piece of property.
7: No, I just I, I I just don't know how to accept the faith. Yeah,
2: I the mean, don't? It, it's you not required, Ben. Yeah. Like mm. you know, I mean, I don't like organized religions. Period. I don't don't like them because generally they're excuses for people to do bad things.
3: Do you have someone pressuring you to accept this faith, Rob?
7: Um, Well, I have a, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to talk about it, but I mean, I have some, let's say close family members that, you know, try to encourage me into following their faith. And, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, Uh, as long as I believe in God and believe in myself, I'll be fine. Yeah, so
4: I'd say that, like, faith is one of those things that you can't tell a person to have faith any more than you can tell them to have joy. Like, real faith is spontaneous. And if someone's fucking telling you to have faith in something, they either are being hoodwinked themselves or they're they're a fucking snake oil salesman. I
3: don't know, man. People say have faith all the time. Yeah, fuck that. One day we will have freedom in New Hampshire. Just have to have faith. Well, fuck that. No, I want
4: reason and evidence for some shit like that. There isn't any right now. I'm not sure. sure I I disagree. We just got a chunk of evidence that it's at least possible for a civilization to operate without a state. That's some evidence. uh, And I have plenty of reason for it. But faith? I'm not going to act on it like that. Sorry, Rob I God? have
7: evidence. I have evidence. And the evidence is you and I, Peekless, have shook hands, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that you're a worthwhile person deserving of pride.
4: I appreciate the compliment. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, faith.
7: And I you will generate plenty like- of
4: faith in some things yourself. And some of that's going to be misplaced, and some of that's going to be right on. Man, but when someone's telling you that you should
2: have faith in a thing, fuck that. I don't know if I want to have this faith because it sounds like she's been around to everybody. I'm not <laughs> sure what she's carrying.
3: Here's the difficulty accepting uh, the, the Irish uh, anarchism as something plausible in the future. Hmm. Right? Like they had it for 9,000 years. Well, let's just say 1,000. Okay. They had it for 1,000 years. Let's say 9,000. Let's say 9,000 years. And then they were overthrown by a state that has existed since then. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's the condition we're in. We don't get like the a priori, oh, could this exist before state intervention? We need evidence that it can exist after state intervention. Uh, and that's a more difficult example to come with if we're going to parallel it well, well, with on, current situation. I, I,
4: I think that's a fair question, but I, and I can't completely answer it, but I can give you a part of an answer. Okay. So what we know for sure is that we can move from heavy statism to light statism. Yes. Like that we know for sure. Agreed. Is it really that unbelievable that we can just move a little bit further when we're moving out of heavy statism? Good question. Yeah,
7: good uh, question. I I don't know I think there's and, there's and, so much oh, And that's the thing so I much. think
4: they moved to light statism because they didn't think no state would work. And they thought that light state would work. Okay. And now we know for sure light state does not work. But so this time when we throw off heavy state, we should really and could really try no
7: state. Rob I I just think that there's too much corruption going on, and it's not just in one state; it's around the whole fucking world. Right, because yeah. statism
2: yeah. is corruption. Well, yeah.
7: Well, I mean, you you got we've just got done talking about religion, which is organized, and then you got organized governments and shit. Yeah. And it's it's all one big fucking uh, uh, rainbow spaghetti of fucking mess, and and we got to keep. Calling this fucking
2: crap out. That's a good question, Rob. In this rainbow spaghetti, is the the rainbow part the sauce or the noodles?
3: I'm having trouble visualizing this.
7: It's
2: try more acid. (laughs) Is it
3: like a pasta salad (laughs) with like three different colors of spaghetti (laughs) noodles? You just
4: have to have faith in the great flying spaghetti monster who reaches not out with fart. his noodly appendages I'm and not gives a you pasta bars.
2: Man, that's the first time Pastafarian has come up <laughs> in a long time. Like, I think when I first started doing Free Talk Live, I mentioned Pastafarianism at some point, but man... Leave it to Beard Talk Live. Hey, Rob. But no, it's a big goddamn mess. Hey, Rob. He's absolutely hey, sorry, right about oh, I that. Hey, Rob. I've...
7: Hey, hey will you let me go here. No, no, no. A, I can't July let you 10? go yet.
2: I can't let you go yet because we have to do the amble. And I know hmm. you know these words, Rob. So are you ready to do the amble with us?
7: Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right. Here we go. Shit, Shit piss, piss fuck, f- cunt, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, fuck, 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 motherfucker, fuck, motherfucker fuck, and sits. All right. That's hey, right, thanks baby. for the call, Rob. We appreciate you. Six zero three two eight
3: three six one six zero. um yeah like goddamn gay spoil well, yeah, I yeah
2: corruption's everywhere and it's
4: never gonna not be everywhere well statism is institutionalized corruption that's the thing that we can change right. is the institutionalization of it right because once we institutionalize it then everyone's okay with it right. And that's the problem. Yeah, well, that's where you we're at. You can't be okay with evil. I don't care how you package it. You got to stop being okay with evil. That's not to say that we're ever going to eradicate it from the earth, but fuck, we can at least do a little bit better with it's it. It's
2: certainly preferable to the whatever the fuck it is we're living in today.
3: Just carve it out in our little state of New Hampshire, but you got to defend right. right against encroachment. Which is why we need numbers. It's a good place to start. I don't think that, I don't think that's the way. Honestly,
4: like I mean, secession is not the way. No, no, no. The, okay. the defend against encroachment. I think that's the wrong focus. Is what I'm saying. Like I think that basically the people who were going to be fucking with us will be way too distracted to fuck with us once they lose the ability to print infinity dollars. Okay,
3: and the they'll just of... have better things to do than us if we're lucky. And that's, that's not to mean that they're not going to be the only ones to attempt it, right? So the, the the old quote, right, is the price of liberty or the price of freedom. I forget what it is. So I'm paraphrasing, I guess, it's a not quoting. Buckle well, five. Okay. And you know what? Is <laughs> eternal vigilance. Oh, sorry. Well, I was thinking of... You American. know what would have
4: kept Ireland from getting conquered by the British? Violent opposition. No, they did that. It didn't work. It worked the first two times. Okay. You know what would have kept them? From being occupied? Protecting their borders. No, they tried. It didn't work. The first two times. What would have worked? All of the times. Just don't pay taxes. It really is that fucking simple. Now, granted, we have a weird way of paying taxes in the modern world. The way that you pay taxes is by accepting dollars, which you know they can print, for your time, your energy, your stuff i don't think it's a weird way to pay taxes but it's
3: still just fucking taxes if you don't pay taxes then you're not conquered i don't i don't well i that's a terrible definition of not being conquered uh really yeah
4: give me an example
3: when the marauders are coming through it's not the taxes they're trying to collect and it's not the voluntary giving of taxes that they're worried about taxes aren't voluntary you know that well you But then you can't just stop paying them stop giving them taxes they're going to take it violently. Yeah,
2: You don't pay taxes. They take taxes. But I'm glad that you the, do bring this up as the plunder and the pillage doesn't in, cease. Yeah. You don't have to help the plunderers. They're
3: taking it. You fill out forms. You fill out you're forms now. the plunderers. But we're talking about like ancient Ireland. I don't think the Britons came across the channel, right, with a bunch of paperwork going like, okay, we're here now. Well, yeah, and if every form. fucking
4: time that they showed up for their for their cattle tax, you had moved your cattle somewhere goddamn else, then they'd eventually run out of the money to pay the soldiers to collect the taxes. So I'm glad you bring
2: up, uh, like, the, the tax... Mm, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Uh, I, I was hoping it would come up earlier in this conversation when we talked about sort of modern statism. Mm. Uh, because conquest in modern statism... Uh, is only attractive to uh, people who want to take over the existing tax base, right? So well, if, if Canada wanted to invade New Hampshire, for example, uh, they, would, they would only benefit from doing so if they could capture the tax base of New Hampshire and now include it in their milking of the tax cattle. Or the natural resources. Or the natural resources, but that's a tax on the land, if you will.
4: Well, hold on. I mean, we might be dealing with an actual exception of that. I mean, it's a slight exception, but when we're talking about uh, the Tuatha being put under British rule, like, it sounds to me like they didn't have a tax structure that the British then took over. But I bet you dollars to donuts that they got the consent of the people who were considered wise, and those wise Tuatha then started telling people taxes are good. And you should pay them.
3: So you think it was a propaganda campaign that took down ancient Ireland?
4: I think the propaganda campaign was. No, they were brutalized until they fucking surrendered. It was not So it wasn't taxes. It
2: wasn't just the propaganda technique.
4: But the propaganda technique was It's
2: not necessarily true. Why would England want to brutalize Ireland into submission?
3: For the resources.
2: And it's not are the taxes. humans not resources. humans are resources. All right. so what what benefit does the Empire Irish of slaves. England get Irish slaves right? Now we know that uh, overt slavery is when somebody takes one hundred percent of your life's effort, right when they take less than that, what's it called? Taxation or it's still slavery. Thank you. So there you go. So, I don't know where I Ireland did not have a an existing uh, tax program. Okay. right? they did not have an existing but they were uh, brutalized government. into accepting one. They were brutalized into accepting one, and that's what England was after: was to acquire this additional number of human beings to add to their tax base. However, they extracted value from those people is almost irrelevant because it can be called taxation.
3: Well, right? they had to stay. If they left. And then came back later, right, then you could just meet opposition again, and you have to, like, conquer all over. Well,
2: and we saw that they had to do it two or three times before the conquering was actually, we'll say, permanent or semi-permanent, right? Uh, And has remained so to this day. So brutalizing people, uh, you know, into slaves is how conquest works and has always worked. We just call it taxation these days because, like, we're sort of free-range slaves okay and if
3: you stop paying your taxes the brutality comes back
2: oh yeah okay if they can find well if enough of you do it so
4: a lot of the argument of uh the necessity of an existing tax structure Mm? is an argument of would you rather Mm, tax base people i'm talking about humans as a resource well i mean even uh, as a structure so like yeah, sure. It would be great to take over New Hampshire because you have a tax structure. Like, people are already used to paying taxes. There's a method of collecting them. The network already exists. There's a method of collecting it them? of collecting taxes in New Hampshire? Yeah. No, meth-head.
2: Oh. Yeah, sorry. I was making a joke. You missed it. Oh, I did. Okay, go ahead. Can I?
3: Carry on. I don't okay. know. Can you?
2: So it makes a, a very tempting target. I interrupt him one fucking time
4: in that it it makes a very tempting target in that the tax structure already exists. So all you have to do is make the endpoint not DC but your own pocket. Now, if on the other hand, New Hampshire does not have a taxation structure mm-hmm. and and this is crucial, and same Maine does. And you could take over New Hampshire, but you could just as easily try and take over Maine then you're going to aim at Maine because it gives you a better return on investment for your brutality. Now, the reason that Ireland got taken over by England is not because it had such a great uh, payoff. It's just it was an easy target because it was right there. Proximity. Yes, proximity. Every other target was harder to get to. So they kept trying to do this one, not because it was a great payoff, because, well, it's right there. So I think that's a a big part of the argument that gets missed is that, okay, even without a tax structure, like it really depends on, do you have a different target for them to aim at?
3: As connected to the United States, we are right fucking here because they've already got Maine, they've already got Vermont, they're not going into Canada. So if New Hampshire separates, we're still right here, right? We're not going anywhere. We're not going to move the landmass of New Hampshire. We're still going to be surrounded on three sides by the United States. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I think the opportunity that we're going to get is when the American dollar goes to zero. Okay. And there will be so much resulting chaos in that that they simply won't have the power to keep us under
3: their reign. This might be like a scooterish, like thought process here, but hear me out. It would be almost beneficial to have a power-hungry governor who wants all that for himself. Because then he would lead the charge... What? Because he would lead the charge to secede, knowing that he would then capture all those taxes from the existing tax base.
4: It is a fair argument.
3: Benevolent dictator? Well, Well,
4: a dictator that performs... Uh, Unwilling benevolence. Like,
2: Look, I I want to take steps to get to something that resembles the society that we've described amongst the Irish, right? Something where, you know, we have a civilization, we have technology, we have cooperation, we have community, we have systems of resolving disputes and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so within that quest, like if that's the destination, I support taking steps in that direction.
3: Right. You, you can't even get libertarians here who have moved for the free state project to want to move past the state level secession. They're going, no, state's the perfect size. Why do you, if you break it up mm. into counties, then it's too hard to travel because different counties will have different rules and you'd be under all kinds of different threats and from different places. And so, like, state's the perfect size. Think we'll of the that. passports. Right. Yeah, and and I've heard that argument. Well, over the I mean, years.
4: that's that's basically what turned Mark into a status. Our passports are awesome. Okay. If you, if you secede, you won't have the American passport. Think of all of the countries that you would then have to negotiate being able to go to.
3: Yeah. I don't want to go there because they're fucking full of status. True.
4: Seriously. No, I, th- I think that...
3: I, I think have that zero this is going
4: to us. get I, I think this is going to get accomplished in a network method. Like, okay. Whether or not this is the particular uh, place that continues to be the spear point of freedom, I don't know. But I do know this. There is a technology that is fundamentally freedom, and it is a more powerful technology than the competing systems of value. And technologies have this weird way of, if you keep using them the ideologies that are encoded inside of them become a
3: part of you. Are you going back to cryptocurrency? Yes. Okay. it's exactly what I'm talking about.
2: We tend to do that here at Beer Talk
3: Live. Well, and again, we're on Beer Talk Live, right? So I can shit talk Edge a little bit, or not Edge, but uh, Dash a little bit. Who the... Yeah, go for it. Okay.
4: They're not a sponsor. Not Not of this program anyway. And dear Dash, if you want us to quit shit talking you, give me some.
3: <laughs> So at one po- at one point in time there there was an interview on like Free Talk Live, mm-hmm. and I think I came in and I talked about this afterwards. the re- the Dash representative or whomever that dude was mm-hmm. was pitching the idea of inflationary Dash, mm-hmm. and so aside from Bitcoin's cap at twenty one million, right? Like the the. The other cryptocurrencies out there Mm -hmm. are inherently inflationary. No. What do you mean no?
4: So, Litecoin, for example, Bitcoin Cash, uh, there are non-inflationary, non-Bitcoin currencies.
3: Right. Okay. But all the other ones, right, the 8,000, 17,000 other ones. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Which one do you think the government is going to use to buy their weapons? Tether. Go on.
4: USDT? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. No, I think there's some weird, creepy backroom deals, which is why they only got a slap on the wrist for this. I think basically Tether is their way of uh, surviving the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's their way of getting onto the distributed blockchain and, I mean, keeping some semblance of their original power. I mean, it won't be all of the power that they have now, but it'll be a lot more than they would have if they didn't have these deals with Tether. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's the one so, that they're going to use for their digital currency.
3: So, they're not going to be using a non-inflationary currency. Correct. Tether, Tether, they said, is yeah. tied one-to-one to the dollar until it wasn't.
4: I mean... You can so still get dollars for it if you want. Okay. And like their their model basically works for them to be tied one to one. Their business model is sound on that. But yeah, it's a completely inflationary currency and a controlled currency. All right. Yeah, I mean that's that's going to be for like my kids to fight. That's okay. going to be the the battle that they have to fight is like, hey, inflationary blockchain versus non-inflationary blockchain or even even controlled inflationary blockchain. Because tether can get, can get inflated as much as they feel like, whereas say Monero at least has some kind of cap on its infinite inflation. Somewhat, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know which one's going to be more valuable.
3: I got it, but I the hat constantly being hung up on blockchain or crypto is going to be the end of the state. Always seems exaggerated to me it's great we can use it to trade amongst ourselves right and that's that's a good use of the technology but it's not good it's not in and of itself it's not what takes down the state
2: no but it has the ability to replace the state i don't want to replace the state no 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 uh, i mean replace all of whatever the state the valid and, functions uh, that the state is currently monopolizing right. so for example uh record keeping Right. Uh, For the longest time, the silo of the state has been like, it's official. Right. You know, you get your wedding license. It's official. Right. Who owns this plot of property over here? You got to go query the state to find the property lines. Right. So uh, this is something like all of the
3: bureaucratic functions. So now we have competing blockchains. Right. Keeping records. Mm -hmm. And there will be a dispute Mm -hmm. which blockchain wins out. Well, you'd have to enter into some sort of dispute resolution.
4: Well, the one with the most proof of work is what I would pick.
2: Well, let, okay, or the timing, right? Who has the who had the first claim? I don't know, right? Right. How, how does that how does that pan out? We don't know. How these does are that great pan questions? Out? Yeah, these are really great questions that I would love to see the answer to, but we can't until the state gets the fuck out
3: of the way. Well, but, no, no. Well, that's the thing. You don't have to wait if the technology is as good as you claim. You don't have to wait for the state to get out of the way because you can already do it right like with with uh with an x right sure like, like
2: j- i could i could upload a copy of the title to my vehicle right to the blockchain right now it exists on you know whatever chain right whatever, whatever, whatever chain. chain i picked and right? i pick uh mm-hmm. dash, whatever right it's on the dash chain just because you're ripping on dash because
3: uh- <laughs> they want they purposefully wanted to
2: inflate it yeah, and, I, and I have some
4: serious issues with Dash.
2: And and so now I want to sell my car to Peakless Mountaineer because, you know, his car broke and he needs to get a new one. Okay. And so we arrive at a price and Peakless Mountaineer uh, pays me the money and, uh, you know, I digitally sign this, this, you know, Satoshi, this little piece of Dash. And once that is transferred to him, he now owns the car. Okay. Right? So we do that and now it's his car. I give him the keys and he drives away. Where does the problem come in?
3: if someone else uh presumes to claim the same thing so they're
4: like that's my car mm. and if you look over here on tron i registered that well, that was my car right but not if not we
2: even. amend the satoshi with the bill of sale between you and i mm-hmm. right uh, that's evidence that you bought the car for me
3: not even that let's let me let me make a counterexample with like real property and real estate okay right peakless you have made the claim that you need to like mix your labor with the land and So it shall be.
4: Well, that's the origin of property: is to mix labor with nature. Yeah,
3: I I mix my labor with the land, and I have a plot of land. And then I like you keep
4: mowing that lawn. What's that? Like you keep mowing that lawn for a
3: week. Let's just say I do it for a week. I mix my labor. You know, this is my plot of land. I register it on the blockchain, and then I abandon it. Mm -hmm. And some squatter comes over and lays a claim to it, and registers it on his blockchain because, you know, it's it's on mine. Maybe he knows about the blockchain company that I'm with. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Maybe he looks into it. No one's done anything with the land in a week or two. Who cares? Okay. And then I come back Mm -hmm. after he's improved the land further. Okay. I said, well, my blockchain says that I've had this parcel of land for three weeks now and you've only had it for one. Whose land is it?
4: Okay, so if he's got, like, here's a picture of this plot of land, and, like... registered on the the blockchain. Right, exactly. So I've got the fingerprint on a blockchain, so I know that this isn't a doctored photo, because if one damn pixel was a little different, it wouldn't have the same fingerprint.
3: And my blockchain precedes his by a week.
4: Yep, so we know for a fact that, like, okay, here's your picture, you've got, like, a nice mowed lawn, and then here's his picture, and it's all fucked up and clearly part of nature.
3: Or he mows the lawn and mixes his labor with it a week after I've mixed mine. Well, I then, registered it, he yeah, registered you have it, the prior,
4: it You have the prior claim. Okay. It's really that simple, like, okay, here's proof that you mixed your labor with nature.
2: He has no proof that it was nature when he got there. Yeah, so these arguments uh, are, are great fun. How long fun. does he have to wait? I, I have something else that I need to get to because you guys are here. These arguments are great fun. Uh, I think that what what you need is an agreed upon starting point, right? You'll so, never find one. Well, no, I think you will because right now everybody agrees that the government is the registrar of officialness, right? Okay. So you just take every title uh, and and you go, okay, let's so upload that to
3: the blockchain, make a copy of that. But now, there's already so, abandoned property and so, already was squatters' rights to access that abandoned property. Sure, and so no problem. I, mean, with I don't recognize property. that. What's that? You don't recognize that? <laughs> no. Okay. how long does it have to go before it's back in a state of nature
4: well so when it stops being that thing so for example a chair okay now a chair its purpose is to Mm. be sat upon the the arguments once once the argument
2: of portable property is different from that of real estate fine a house a ghost town so a house
4: Like, keeps the rain off your head and all that, right? You can live in the thing, right? You can live in the thing. Now, once you've left that the fuck alone to the point that it's not a house anymore...
3: So that has to collapse.
4: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then it's not a house anymore. It has stopped being the thing that you made and returned to a state of nature. Now it's chaos again. So if someone comes along and they, like, pull boards off of what used to be a house... But they can go, like, look, this isn't a
2: house. So, okay. are you guys? Fair enough. Are you guys familiar? I'm segueing here. Are you guys familiar with North Dumpling? No. You've never heard North Dumpling. Uh, there has already been a successful, peaceful secession from the United States. Okay. Of North Dumpling. It was led in 1988 by none other than Dean Kamen, inventor of the Segway. Oh, okay. I said Segway before the Segway, because I knew Segway was coming up. I wanted a double
3: Segway. Wow. that's
2: right. Clever guy. Uh, Among hundreds of other things, he's also the founder of FIRST, for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology, an organization created to build students' interest in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh, Kamen, age 72, is a native of Long Island, New York. In 1986, he purchased North Dumpling—it's an island, North Dumpling Island— for $2.5 million, the island is two acres, located three miles from Noank, Connecticut. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Noank, N-O-A-N-K, Connecticut. It lies within the territory of the town of South on Long Island, New York, in New York State. It came with a mansion and a lighthouse. In a presentation came and gave to a small group in May 2015, this is the story of North Dumpling Island's secession. Cayman wanted to build an electricity-producing wind turbine on the island to power his home, but New York bureaucrats told him he couldn't. They said the proposed turbine was too big, and the noises would disturb his neighbors. And kill a whole bunch of birds. Cayman owned the entire island. They told him he couldn't build any structure more than 40 feet tall without a variance, and he wanted to build a 100-foot tower. In November 1988, Cayman threatened to leave the state of New York and contacted Connecticut Senator George L. Gunther, Republican of Stratford, about annexation. I thought it might be better if North Dumpling Island annexed Connecticut, said Mr. Gunther. He went on to become Mr. Cayman's uh, Secretary of Interstate and now holds dual citizenship. Kamen spoke with a friend at Harvard who happened to be an expert on constitutional law. They found a loophole that allowed him to secede not just from New York State, but from the U.S. entirely. As Kamen relates, we worked out a diplomatic settlement to avoid an armed conflict. Perhaps unsurprisingly, New York State didn't acknowledge the legitimacy of North Dumpling as a separate nation. It continued to send Kamen warning letters about his wind turbine. Cameron responded by sending the letters to the New York press with this statement. See how disrespectful New York bureaucrats can be? They dare threaten the head of an independent nation state, quote unquote. Eventually, the warning letters stopped coming. The sovereign state of North Dumpling has its own flag, constitution, visas, and passport stamp. It also has a cabinet, a newspaper, the North Dumpling Times, and currency simply called the Dumpling. Nice. (laughs) I thought that was pretty great. The exchange rate is 1,000 dumplings to one U.S. dollar. Okay. Uh, And I don't know, like, does that flex at all with the value
3: of the dollar? I don't know why he devalued his dumplings so much.
2: Yeah. It has its own navy, a surplus amphibious vehicle. It has an Air Force, a helicopter. Cayman playfully refers to himself as Lord Dumpling. I like it. (laughs) It also has a national anthem with lyrics written by a Broadway director, Paul Lazarus, Minister of Brunch. The first verse sung to the tune of America the Beautiful goes, Oh, isolate with star-filled skies and crashing waves of foam, from Moonwatch Hill to Great Stonehenge, oh, blessed second home. While visiting the White House, Cayman even got then-President George H.W. Bush to sign a non-aggression pact with North Dumpling. Wow. A local morning talk show visited North Dumpling to do a broadcast. Kamen asked one of the show hosts if he'd like to convert his U.S. dollars to dumplings. The host expressed skepticism, asking if dumplings were, quote, real currency, unquote.
3: It's the Kay- only currency you can spend on North Dumpling. Cayman accurately
2: pointed out that U.S. dollars are the currency that should really be questioned. The dollar had been taken off the gold standard decades earlier and was now backed by nothing but thin air.
3: Imagine if you if you had to pay uh, North Dumpling dollars to get off the island because it's the only currency that the helicopter will take.
2: If there's a restaurant on North Dumpling Island and they serve dumplings, do you pay for your dumplings with dumplings? Apparently so.
3: Or Is it a dumpling one-to-one? dumpling
2: dumplings? Ooh, buffalo 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 buffalo. The nation of North Dumpling even gave foreign aid to the United States. On the wall of his home, Cayman has framed. Wait, wait, what? The Nation of North Dumpling even gave foreign aid to the United States. They are
4: now complicit
2: in war crimes. On the wall of his home, Cayman has a framed foreign aid national treasure bond in the amount of $100. The reason for the aid is printed on the certificate. This is a quote from the, the certificate. Once the technological leaders of the world, America's citizens have been slipping into woeful ignorance of and dismaying indifference to the wonders of science and technology. This threatens the United States with dire descent into scientific and technological illiteracy. The nation of North Dumpling Island hereby commits itself to helping rescue its neighbor nation from such a fate by supporting the efforts of the Foundation for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology in promoting excellence and appreciation of these disciplines among the peoples of the United States of America. North Dumpling Island is the world's first carbon-negative nation. Uh, All right. You know, far outside and right on. They're self-sufficient anyway. They're not dependent on anyone else. Despite being the supreme leader of the independent nation of North Dumpling Island, Cayman spends most of his time right here in New Hampshire. He has a home in Bedford and founded... Goddamn Immigrants. And founded, and works at, uh, yeah, he works at uh, some Deca Research and Development Corp, uh, headquartered in Manchester. The New York Times article about North Dumpling Island points out, His Lordship can always create another new country on the mountain he recently purchased in New Hampshire. So
3: we're moving to the mountains. I mean, we're already
2: in the mountains, really. Oh, New Hampshire is basically just in the mountains. We're
3: moving to the Cayman Mountains. We
2: we need to get this guy. On board with N.H. Secession, I think. He might already be. He might already be. I don't know that he isn't, but uh, this came from uh, New Hampshire Secession dot com. So okay. if you want to read this article, you can go over there. I thought that that was pretty fucking neat. Right? Yeah. Here's a guy, bought an island, said, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to build a thing. And government was like, fuck you. Well, and the thing, like you were
4: talking about the Tuatha. Yeah. And the thing was, you could just leave. Like, sure, there right? there was this political uh, organization, but you could just yeah. stop being a part of that political organization
2: right. if and like no one, one would they stab behaved, you. Right, if you didn't like the way they behaved or you didn't like the way they went about doing a thing, you could either... Go and find a Tuatha that did the things in the way that
3: you thought. Would you have were to good? go because you're landlocked? You're you landlocked. Well, no, no, no. It. You yeah.
2: you find an organization to belong sure. to without right. moving, right? Right. So you were free to go find another Tuatha to belong to that more aligned with your personal feelings and uh, philosophies and whatever. Like changing churches, or yeah, or if none of the Tuatha did things in the way you wanted them to. You couldn't piecemeal it together. You could be like, I like the way they handle, you know, medical care. I like the way they handle arbitration, but like two different two authors. You could take one, sure. you know, one piece from one to author, one piece from another to author, another from another, and sew them all together and make your own. All right, right. Yeah. Now this is what I foresee happening on the blockchain. I foresee people choosing from a menu of. I have, because I don't have a good term for this, I'm going to call it governance. Okay. Right? These are the, we, we called them earlier the, uh, what most people recognize as legitimate but yet monopolized things that government provides, like record keeping, for example, right? Right. So, uh, or security services, right? What else do they monopolize? Yeah, legitimate services that they monopolize. Uh, uh, trash uh electricity right all that kind of stuff so plumbing so let's say i really like the dispute resolution of this country over here right it's voluntary it's peaceful right i'm going to choose that as as my governance right i really like how they do uh private security over here so i'm going to choose from that menu and put that into and now i become a nation of one Right, okay. with my own governance services that I have selected from a menu that align with me and myself politically and philosophically, right? Uh, and now, if somebody else wants to join my nation, the nation of Kickass, they can, but they're not required to. So, I foresee the blockchain facilitating a digital version of the two author over time. Why do you need the blockchain? Yeah, that's uh... so that other people can know what your uh your preferences are
4: oh so that you can like a keep a uh a permanent record Mm -hmm. of all of this happening right and b you can publish that so that anyone else can look at it and be like hey i've got the nation
2: of kick-ass so and and it it actually promotes innovation right because yeah. if somebody comes up with a better way they just remove whatever they had there before a better way of anything like roads right oh nope that way sucks i got a better way oh it's in there now everybody yeah. else can see oh that dude's got a better way oh and look it works for him or that group of people have a better way and it works for them oh can we adopt something like that because we like that
3: this is my electric company this is my water company this is my trash removal and sewer this is my internet provider right I don't need... This I don't is need, my roads provider. Sure. I, I don't see why you need to, like, publish that on a blockchain. Like, they just... They're the service provider. Well, so, here's one of the fun things about technology. If you want to share that with your friends, like, fine. Well,
4: well, sure. But here's one of the fun things about the technology is that you can for free. So, okay. like, okay, I've got to pay for electricity. I've got to pay for internet service. I've got to pay for plumbing, all, yeah. all that, right? So, I'm going to be paying anyway. Right. Now... In a civilized world, we'll be paying on the blockchain. Now, in the process of paying on the blockchain, I can just put this little fingerprint in here that is the evidence of exactly what I've done. Okay. And it's, you're already paying anyway, I get... so you're already putting that onto a blockchain. You might as well shift it in this way that encodes all of this information so that you have a permanent
3: record of this. I get you... I fail, I fail to see the use case, right? Like if if I want to know who your internet service provider is, I go, Captain, who's got your internet? Right, and he tells me. Right, I don't need to go to a blockchain. I well, don't even need to go but to. But currently, a internet
2: isn't a state monopolized uh, service. Sh- okay, fine.
3: Tr- uh, trash pick what? Pick one then. Uh, roads. Roads. Okay. I, uh, hey, Captain, who's your roads provider?
2: Yeah. Uh oh, it's got. I got. Uh, peakless roads. Okay. Yep.
3: Great. So, the I'm use
2: use is, so the use case is
4: to avoid uh, effective dispute later. So uh, whatever, okay, so let, let's say... Uh, uh, what inter- dispute?
3: You're just publishing okay. who your service provider
4: is. Well, so yeah, that can that can be a useful thing. Like, okay, uh, let's
2: say it's internet service, you right? Don't, you don't necessarily need to publish your individual provider. You just subscribe to a Tuatha with all of these things or, or uh well but like you're, call, you're okay, calling okay, it okay. like a tuatha, on, on.
3: like it's some important aspect of it but it's not it's just okay let's any, look at any random let's company look at trash
4: pickup right okay okay so like here's where my my uh my trash bin is yeah. and here's who i'm paying to to do that okay now if later on uh so trash company a is my actual provider yep now when i paid them i actually put the little fingerprint in there that that included all of my stuff and in and amongst that stuff is that trash provider a is my dude okay now trash provider b comes along they pick up my trash and then they bill me yep i can be like no, no 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 i have the
2: proof I have the documents. Right. I I think but you could do point, that
3: anyway without blockchain. I
2: think the point that you're missing. Uh, I think Richie Rich. Uh, I know when you shop for a thing, uh, we've had discussions about stuff. Yeah. Right. Um. And you don't always go for like the cheapest thing. In fact, you like to, you like to research the thing and yeah. then find like something higher end. Right. Maybe Buy in the once, top twenty percent. Right. Buy once, cry once you know, get yourself something nice that's going to last so you don't have to rebuy it later on down the road. That's right. that's ultimately like a frugal decision in the long-term in the long view. Run. Right. So the benefit to having something resembling a Tuatha is simply for the price discount. Once you belong okay. to a group that has a whole bunch of these services and, and it's a larger group of people or even a smaller group of people, right, okay. you're going to get either more services or a less price, there's going to be some benefit to it. Think of it as like a different version of Amazon Prime. Okay. Right? Except now you belong to this friendly society, if you will, okay. this digital to author, right? And they negotiate uh, on the behalf of all of their membership base, a better price or better services, or you know, a longer contract to keep the services going at the lower rate, et cetera, and so. And, on. You're,
3: and you're saying like this is impossible without the blockchain? No, but I'm okay.
2: saying I'm not saying that's impossible without the blockchain. I'm saying it's more probable with it. Okay. Because it can replace current record keeping, current bureaucracy, uh, and so it makes itself more uh, apt these types of ideas well and it's faster
4: easier more efficient right so like uh let's say okay i also say oh well i get my meat from hannaford right sure let's say that like i end up dying and i was very clearly poisoned by meat and you're like well shit where did he get his meat well now we don't have to wonder that we have an absolute proof oh it was definitely that shop right there that had the tainted meat well, I can make sure Maybe. that I don't deal with that fucking shop right there.
3: Yeah, I don't know if you went to like Captain's house and ate someone like Shaw's meat, and that's really what did it. And I don't know. I'm you know, I'm a market basket guy, so like, does it really affect me? Like, yeah. it's it seems like an extra step that doesn't add value.
2: Well, what it what it does, uh, well, particularly in the case of you're getting a group of people together to negotiate on your behalf, so that you don't have to. Yeah, it's right. Unit. Instead of you calling the internet company, the roads company, the you know the list goes on and on and sure. on. Right, you just join one of these groups where they negotiate for you. Bam, Bob's your uncle. Okay, and all the records are kept by you know the blockchain, so you can go and inspect them anytime you want. If they change how they do stuff over some period of time, and you don't like it. Uh, you can go join another one and if you don't like that you could make your own all right so that's that's how i see it playing out right i see it playing out uh, taking a page out of history right and adapting it to the digital domain so that people can have their choice, their preference. We well, know we know that all three of us here are individuals. Your preference is different than mine. My preference is different than his. His is different than yours. And we should be able to subscribe or unsubscribe or ch- pick and choose the services that we want, period. Well, well okay, I'd like to point something out, too,
4: So we were just talking about the like, well, was it 9,000 years or was it 1,000 years? And the way that we know that it was definitely 1,000 years and maybe not so definitely 9,000 years is the written record, right? Sure. Now, when that particular monk was making his record, I don't think he fucking had in mind that a bunch of anarchists were going to be looking (laughs) at that later and going, see, there's the record and this is why this is important. He doesn't fucking need to know that. He doesn't yeah. need to know that part of the importance of keeping that record is that we'll be able to prove that this idea fucking works and that maybe we can have a little bit more peace in the world because we proved that the idea works. He doesn't have to know that. It's just important that he keeps the record. Okay. Now, with all of this stuff, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what they're going to use it for later down the road, but being able to have a perfect and complete record of things for essentially
3: free is going to be an extremely useful tool well, down the road. That only appeals to you as a history buff. Like, I don't care. I don't need to keep a record. Like also, if- how do you know he
2: wasn't sitting there going, you know, I'm going to write the shit down so some motherfucker in the future. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he, you're doing it. Well, right, but
4: this specif- so might have been. No, my point is that the specific application of it yeah. It doesn't matter if he knew that or not, but he wrote it down. And the fact that he made the record means that we have all of these abilities that he he wasn't going to imagine New Hampshire, right? He wasn't going to imagine the free state project, but that's okay. He doesn't have to, we can still use the record and still gain the wisdom from having had the record. And in the same way. Yeah, I have no idea what the future is going to use the these other records for. Really but going thing, to be
2: valuable. The other really interesting thing is that um we know through records and history of statism that uh to the victor goes the writings in the history book. Right? Okay. Uh and has for, you know, whoever wins the wars writes the history books, right? Well, for the first time ever, we have the ability for history to be tracked not by the winner of the wars, but by human beings themselves individually. Well,
3: if you get conquered, they're going to destroy whatever records you have digitally as well.
4: Mm, they fucking can't.
3: Can't destroy the blockchain? You absolutely can destroy the blockchain. No, you can't. Yes, you can. How? Because it exists on digital computers somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. And much like they no, burn no, down it the- somewhere, many everywhere. Not everywhere, because the whole entire world isn't on your fucking blockchain. So are they going to come and destroy
2: the entire world and just get rid of the blockchain? It's basically Maybe. what it would take. If they're conquering, they're going to take something. I mean, if it's like aliens from another planet, perhaps they would destroy the earth just so they could take over. it. In which case, none of it would matter anyway. Do you
3: think the Argentinians give a shit about the history of the United States on the blockchain? I mean, what does that matter? It doesn't. That's the thing.
4: I, I'm completely confused by the question. The history of the united states on the blockchain
2: you have the history of the world whatever they, you they want sure to... as fuck uh would want to uh know about the history of their own geographic area
3: okay but they're not the ones I'm... that just got conquered
4: well so they don't care nobody well, cares and, no that's the beauty of it i'm not keeping the records in my own little place that can get conquered i'm keeping the records all over the planet
3: you, you have servers set up all over the planet. No, the yes. blockchain Personally.
4: does. Yes, I do. The blockchain does. You do. I do. Okay. And everything- I, I, I hardly can every take thing else you say seriously- <laughs> Every if you're single fucking to own transaction, all over the I fucking planet. I don't own them. I just get to operate them. And every fucking transaction that I put onto BTC, I guarantee you will be on a shit ton of servers around the world forever. And already is. Not forever. Essentially. Not Close,
2: even
3: essentially.
2: Right. Close enough for all practical purposes. Richie Rich, Peakless well, mountaineer. To your we're, point, one final point. We're out of time.
3: The the fact that there are individual preferences negates the negates the concept of the collective bargaining to Watha. Because okay, we're all going to have individual things and we're not always going to agree on like one thing all the way straight does, down does the does individual But we can agree on money well enough. Does individual preferences negate the market? Uh, it doesn't negate the market. It's what creates the market. There we go.
2: All right, Richie Rich, thank you so much. Peakless Mountaineer, thank you so much. Uh, Beard Talk Live is taking a bit of a pause, so do not expect us next week. Uh, when we do return, we will let everybody know before we do. I want to end this particular episode of Beard Talk Live with a song by a punk rock band out of California. They're still playing out, uh, they're a bunch of older dudes. They're classic punk rock, if you will. This song is called I Hate the Government. And this has been Beard Talk Live. Thanks. Peace.